story of the element man. Metamorpho, metamorpho, starts out in old Egypt land. Metamorpho, metamorpho, Rex Mason. Looks to me like he's got girl problems. What makes you think you're so smart, Chuck? Certainly not his grades from last semester. Chuck is doing much better this year, dear. Well, why shouldn't he? He's taking the same courses again. Right, Chuck? Right, Dad. Now you see? Well, I gotta go to basketball practice. Hey, Batman! Who are you going to be for Halloween? Oh! My parents are dead! <laughs> installment of Weird Out Loud, the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. I'm Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And we're your MCs of misery. MCs of misery, Eric. You know who we don't like? The sucker MCs. I hate those sucker MCs. Everybody hates uh, them sucker MCs. I don't do any half-stepping. Those are the two things I learned back (laughs) in my day of hip-hop. Yes, we are indeed the official podcast of the Weird Science DC Comics blog, found appropriately at weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com. We are also proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, Eric. And you know what? This podcast is only about six months old, right? We're about half a year? Yeah, it's about that. Yeah, and, but you know what? Our site is about to hit the terrible twos, Eric. Oh, no. The terrible twos. And I know you're not a father, or as far as we know. As far as we know. Some, much debate this week about it. Uh, yes, there was. But um, I'll tell you, the whole terrible twos thing, I didn't see that a lot. Uh, I had the terrible uh, one through 15s. <laughs> but yeah, the twos were just as bad as all the other years. But our site is about to hit the two-year anniversary on July sixteenth. Ah, yes, the sixteenth will be our uh, second-year anniversary. And I looked; I went back and looked at everything we did when we first started. And indeed, it started on July sixteenth, two thousand and thirteen, where I posted a welcome message to our site, which I think at that point was still called Jim and Eric's Comic Book Blog. <laughs> Uh, the thing that made me laugh when I look back at this post, it was posted at 4.54 a.m. as when this was posted. At and that's it, the day I came in and you told me, hey, we have a comic book yep, blog I now. Said, hey, we have a comic book blog since we were talking to ourselves about what we would write. And actually, remember, we, we were mad because people were not reviewing Wonder Woman. Yeah. Why that was this so angry, we just thought that anybody who had a She's DC one of the Trinity. Com- that's what we'd yell. And then we had a big argument for a while if she really was part of the Trinity anymore. I think at that point you were claiming to me that uh, Hal Jordan should have been. Yes. Uh, but I looked, and on that post, the post was just a welcome message, and I wrote, and it's funny because I had to retroactively change it then, I think a couple days later, because I wrote, hello and welcome to Jim and Eric's Weird Science DC Comics blog. So I didn't even change it that much. I think it was, hello and welcome to Jim and Eric's comic book blog. Uh, stay tuned for more information on our upcoming podcast. Really? As, you put that? Uh, yeah. As well as news, reviews, and articles on DC Comics New and Old. No, they only had to wait a year and a half. Yeah, it was about a year and a half. Uh, It got 35 views uh, (laughs) to this day. A lot of people love that welcome message, Jack. And then I looked. The next post, I think, was that day 
or possibly the next day, and it was our favorite thing to do when we first started. The only thing we had to do. <laughs> we Eric's shirt of the day. And when I said we have to, my whole goal from the beginning was we're going to pound the shit out of things. We're going <laughs> to post anything. So you uh, had all these comic book shirts that you would wear into work. So anytime, just day after day, I just took a photo of you with my phone of the shirt and we put it up Eric's shirt of the day and in fact the first one was Eric's shirt of the day the secret society which got 32 views nice then the first review this is just I don't know a why walk- we ever continued <laughs> right, this is a walk down memory lane uh, the first review on the site was Batman and Catwoman number 22 and in that review I remember uh, talking trying to make some jokes and things like that that got 26 views and I gave that issue a 6.5 out of 10 and then just a, it's pretty the, bad, you know. Our reviews are getting less than Eric's shirt. I of the know day. that's what I thought too. Well, it gets even worse for you, buddy. Because see, I put the first thing. I think that was on the seventeenth or eighteenth. I thought I wrote this down, but I did not. Uh, it took a couple of days. You got your first review up. That right. was Justice League of America number six, and it shocked me. Your first review, Eric, a nine two out of ten. Wow, nine point two out, out of ten, and you got nineteen views. 19 people saw that review. I have no idea of these freaking numbers why we uh, ever continued. No, I remember Remember when it went in increments. Like the minute that we got like a review that hit 30, we were all ex- – we were just in heaven. <laughs> then it was like 50 and 100. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, now I, I, there's Who are times, the times they are changing? Uh, when, I would come, when I come into work even now and I, I tell you the numbers or during the day, it hits lunch. I'm like, hey, uh, we have this, this number, that number. Every time – Close it up. We're, we're shutting down. Time to give the ghost. Yeah. Come on. If, I, if I said to you, hey, uh, I just did uh, All-Star uh, Section 8, and it got 19 views, I think I would, I would cry, <laughs> and I, I would quit. So if anybody wants us to quit, which I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that want. But just think of that. Two years ago, and now all this, a little bit of time, and now you're America's sweetheart. Yeah. Half of the DC creative teams hate our guts now. And uh, we're bringing this garbage dump of a podcast, Eric, to the masses. What do you think of that? I have a good time. So two, I'm not two years it. they've they've flown Here's by. Here's the two more, baby. Two. Uh, you know what we're going to do in this podcast. What's this that? is going to be somewhere in the title. We will be putting the San Diego Comic Con in the title because man, there's a crap load of, of news. Crap. We're going to have a lot of news tonight. Uh, Dan's also going to have news, Eric. With all the news going on, how how much news did did he give us? Not much. Of what? Just DC or of in DC, general? Of DC. I think we have two pieces of two news. Two pieces of DC. news. There's like seven trillion. I even left some off, thinking, okay, I'm just going to go comic books mainly. Uh, I'll leave the multimedia stuff, the movies and the television, to Dan because that seems to be where he'll grab stuff. Yeah, he didn't touch that really. Yeah, he barely grabbed anything. We're also going to talk a bunch of reviews. We have a very low number of listener mail, thanks to you and your declaration of how you have to send that mail, unfortunately. This, this would be a really sweet podcast yeah. if we could just get rid of all this freaking Comic-Con yeah, news. And then, of course, we'll have Ryan Clark's Other Side segment and, like I said, Dan's Geek News. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to get right to it because, man, we got a lot. People are going to have Let's to strap get through themselves this in. We, we usually have a three-hour podcast. This might be a three-day podcast. <laughs> uh, but we're going to start with the news. And it's a lot of news, Eric. It's all San Diego Comic-Con stuff. The first news item, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover book. Ah, yes. When you saw this, when I sent that to you, did you believe it? Did you think that was true or you think I was pulling your leg? 
But it's still Green Lantern Star Trek. Anything's possible right yeah, now. Yeah, that's true. I know Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sounds funny. Uh, but yes, DC Entertainment and IDW Publishing announced their latest crossover miniseries during IDW's panel on Friday at Comic-Con International, San Jeez. Diego. With Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, scheduled for November, the six-part monthly series is set in the streets of Gotham City, where fans will see the Dark Knight fight like never before with wall-to-wall ninja action. Auctionary. Auction. The story will be brought to life by James Tynan the Fourth. They they put Batman Eternal and Constantine after that. I don't need to tell you that, do I, Eric? You're no. very much in the know. And uh, star artist Freddie E. Williams the Second, another guy who doesn't go with Junior. Why don't these people like that? Is it is that like a um a front? I thought he was father? a third. No, that's the second. Maybe I think I, they're maybe wrong. I it wrong. Oh yes. Uh, handling interior and cover art. In addition, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles co-creator Kevin Eastman and other to-be-announced artists will illustrate variant covers. Are you excited about that? Not really. I don't know. I I grew up loving Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like any other kid my age, but I don't know. It's just I'm dealing with the regular DC universe, which is all over the place now anyway, and, you know, dealing with the – I don't know. It's – is it too much on our plates, and I just can't get excited about these little books that are little six-issue minis yes. that have nothing to do with anything? I don't know. And I, I believe the artist you're thinking of is J.H. Williams the third. there. No, I, I am not. No, no, I think it's Fred. I could Williams be wrong, the yeah. Second. Uh, yeah, he did Robin and Captain Adam. Robin and Captain Adam. You know, J.H. Williams, he did Batwoman. Yeah. So take that, Eric. That's some more news for you. I, I'm not a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan, and... Uh, I actually in the I put this news on the site and I had an issue where I was really I don't know you know you're supposed to report the news not editorialize I right. always editor we both editorialize yeah. and I was going on and on about how I didn't like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles news. and I'm thinking yeah I'm thinking yeah oh the people are going to come read this they're probably going to be fans and then they're going to kill me so I I cut that out and I I made it news there I, I was actually perusing the uh, the toy aisle today at the Walmart yeah. And I was looking at some of the newer, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys, and I like the fact that they're bringing in a lot of these characters that I had as a kid. Oh, yeah. And I was just looking at the redesigns. I'm like, my shit was better. You like you know, your shit. It's still My your, shit. It's still your shit. No, it's not. I, I don't like the new Turtles anymore. Uh, are you going to be reviewing this book? Because, yeah, most likely uh, It's am. probably better. Are you going to be pretentious and like that first podcast we had? And you're, of course I'm going to review it. Of I know. course. <laughs> that was so good. That was uh, Mortal Kombat. Are you going to be reviewing it? Of course I'm going to review it. But I get six it. issues in the day. Yeah, yeah. That didn't that... last. All right. The second news. Uh, item is something else I put on the site. DC Comics announced a Batman and Robin Eternal Weekly book and a Robin War event. This all ties into the 75th anniversary of Robin, I guess, is how this goes about. Uh, The first one, Batman and Robin Eternal, will start on October 7th, a weekly series scheduled to run for six months. Batman Eternal alumni Scott Snyder and James Tynan IV. Again, James, the guy's busy now. He's a busy man, dude. Uh, Here's where I get mad. We'll return. This is actually the reported news. I believe I got this off of Newsarama, and I, I wrote this part exact because I wanted to get angry. They will return as Batman and Robin Eternal showrunners. Here we go now. Showrunners in, in comics, Eric. And they had showrunners in, uh, in quotes. And I wanted to put my fist in quotes and shove it where the sun Leave showrunners alone, man. I like the term. Showrunners Scott Snyder and James Tinian IV. 
tying in the past. <laughs> now I'm all <laughs> out of sorts. With Grayson co-writer Tim Seeley back as part of the writing team. Also on the Batman and Robin Eternal writing squad will be Catwoman writer Genevieve Valentine, Midnighter writer uh, Steve Orlando, Sheltered writer Ed Brisson, and Hacktivist writing duo Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. Boosh. They are all there. Bat Books vet Tony S. Daniel will be the initial artist on the book, with Paul Pelletier and Scott Eaton also illustrating. Paul Pelletier doesn't have much to do after he's uh, off of Aquaman, so that's good he's getting that. But No, he, think... he just did something I did this week. Oh, did he? Yeah, oh, what did the he? hell was uh, it? We'll see. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, I can't even think about it. I really liked his art uh, during Jeff John's run on uh, Aquaman, but then it kind of fell off, and then it ended up strong again, so... Um, oh, I, did it now? Oh, it did. I sent you a picture, that cover picture, of Tony S. Daniel cover, and that was pretty awesome. It was one of the best covers yeah, I've seen in a long so time. It was so good. And, uh, even Almost as same, good as that JLU cover. Yeah, yeah, that you, you just loved. <laughs> Paulo Palantino does the Red Hood and Arsenal. Oh, is he? Okay, yeah. that's weird. Well, um, just this issue and issue okay. four right and now. And you said you like this, this art better from him. The, this. We'll get than the last that, issue? Yeah, yeah you liked definitely. it better than the last issue. Um when I was um, looking at the cover, uh, if people haven't seen it, maybe I'll put it on the, the show notes, as they say. Maybe I'm the showrunner of the Weird Out Loud podcast. Oh, thank you. You have final say. That's right. Final cut, baby. Well, I, I, I'm probably going to put that picture in. What I thought was, you have Dick Grayson in the middle. It's kind of split between the Batman and Dick Grayson as Robin, and then on the other side, Grayson Grayson. Grayson Grayson Grayson. Oh, shit, really? And, yes, Grayson Grayson? And uh, what, Red Hood? Uh, Harper Rowe, Red Robin. I think that's about it, right? Is anybody else on that other side? Of course, I don't have it in front of me. Like I, was say, I don't have it in front of me. What do you but want yeah, to Yeah, so um, I thought this was going to be the book that was going to reintroduce Dick into the DCU. Sure. And the guy said to me, and I, I also said, oh, and then there's Batman, so obviously Batman will be back by then. He's this other guy on the site mentioned that he thought it was going to be like, hey, this is the old Batman over here and the, the old, you know, Robin, and now it's to this one. I don't know. Nobody knows yet, Eric. But I really do think that this is going to be the way they're going to reintroduce Dick into the rest of the DCU. And because of that, I think Grayson will be canceled in six months. That's terrible. Because I can't see that book lasting. After Just when I started getting into it. Hey, I'm not the, I'm not the showrunner of Grayson, so I don't know. But uh, as <laughs> the second part of this, as far as the Robin War event goes, DC Entertainment announced an upcoming five-week event, which will cross over between Robin, Son of Batman, We Are Robin, and Gotham Academy. Starting in December, and that the, all those issues will be bookended by two one-shots written by Tom King, your man Tom King, and your art by Kerry Randolph. I guess Kerry Randolph does the uh, regular art on We Are Robin. Uh, I like Kerry Randolph. Uh, and then um, this was a quote here. We can't talk too much about the story right now, but I can say that basically if you're reading any of the books, Damien is not in Gotham right now. Editor Mark Doyle told reporters this morning at the Comic-Con. Ooh. Yes. He has no idea that Ro- the Robin movement from We Are Robin is happening in Gotham, but he's going to find out, and when he does, he's not happy. So that's sort of the catalyst for the Robin War. I don't know. I, that's that, like the weirdest crossover ever. Yeah, and um, I guess that crossover will probably be all you. I would think that you're going to review the one-shots as well because I don't even do Gotham Academy now. You do Son of Batman, you do We Are Robin, so you're just going to have to read gotham academy that that one i think it's just one week you have to read and uh yeah and you know what they'll have they'll have maps and all of like telling stories about robin 
Oh, it's a little big. Because right, Damien got expelled a couple issues yeah. ago. And hey, now we're introducing he's... a new character. And yeah. he's gone. And he's gone. Sons yeah, they made bitches. such a big deal about it, and then he got expelled. He's out in the, the, uh, the guy, the principal, or the headmaster, was very happy to get rid of another Wayne, he said. That was supposed to get you excited. All right, next. Uh, next uh, the fat, third... dumb, and stupid is not any way. Uh, fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to live your life, That's son. Right. What are you talking about, sir? <laughs> he's like, drunk? <laughs> I'm, I'm eight. Oh, the third news item of about 17 tonight. It's the DC announced Max Landis' Superman American Alien. Phew. DC Comics have announced two new limited series. Oh, this is, uh, I messed up that. (laughs) (laughs) I I added the coming of Superman in that. Um, There was the panel at Comic-Con, the new DC Universe Superman Are You Ready panel. And in that... They announced that Chronicle screenwriter Max Landis will head up Superman American Alien, joined by artists Nick Drogata, Joel Jones, Jay Lee, Francis Manipool, Tommy Lee Edwards, Jonathan Case, and Jock. Jock. How many people are you going to have on this? Uh, Jock did the Max Landis um, Adventures of Superman where uh, Joker was in, and I hated it. Yeah, we were not impressed. Superman American Alien number one is scheduled to debut in November. This is what Max Landis uh, had to say. I've wanted to write a Superman comic for my entire life, said Landis. And I'm surprised they're letting me write the one I wanted to write. I sort of wanted to to do the opposite of All-Star Superman. Landis said the new series will feature a younger version of Clark Kent who gets into trouble as his powers begin to manifest. Boy, we haven't seen that story. DC describes each issue as a story which captured a pivotal moment in Clark's development into the arc... They, uh... I don't know what's with me. Oh, my goodness. It captures a pivotal moment in Clark's development of the hero he's become. I couldn't even read that sentence. It's hot in this room. It's seven stories from Clark Kent's life. It's not a redo of his origin, Landis said. Instead, it's stories Clark might tell you if you were having a beer together. Well, that sounds terrible. It does. I'm telling you right now, I don't like Max Landis one bit. What was the booth for this? Are you ready? It's the Superman. You're just going to say you're not, aren't you? I don't think I am DC. I don't think I am. The new DC Universe Superman Are You Ready panel. He was Mm -hmm. there. uh, I think Neil Adams might have been there, which is the next story. Agreed. But yeah, um, this sounds awful. This sounds terrible to me. I I told you today, we were talking about it. Max Landis, he did this uh, Adventures of Superman. I I wish I would have looked up the number, but it was with Jock. Uh, It was up for an Eisner. Uh, it was a story where Joker goes to Metropolis and kind of screws around with Superman. I found it to be awful. I think me and another guy reviewed it. The other guy was like, he gave it a 10, I gave it a 2. And I just, I, I just didn't like it. And when I put the the thing out, I tweeted it out. And actually, Max Landis actually tweeted us. I didn't tweet him personally. It just went out. And I guess he saw it. And he wrote basically that I was an ass. And I was all upset. Yeah, that was way your back. number. Yeah, well, that was way back. And I saw, oh, Max, Max Landis tweeted. And I, I, well, not even thinking that, I ripped the thing apart. And I was all excited that I could tell you that, you know, a, a major guy. And, yeah, he called me an asshole. Good which, which continued then. That's kind of another anniversary thing. Every so often we get called assholes. The next one is uh, part of this Superman uh, Are You Ready? panel neil adams six issue mini coming of supermen will start in november neil adams heads up coming to this coming of the supermen describing it as all of jack kirby's characters fighting superman 
In the six-issue series launching in November, Darkseid and his son Calback face off against Superman and what DC describes as three national heroes from the city of Kandor, now known as New Krypton, who see Superman as a legend. Lex Luthor is also mentioned as being part of the series. The three new Superman fall somewhere between the three Musketeers and the three Stooges, said Adam. Adams. Oh At God. the end, there's a big surprise. They take Superman's blood, and they discover something about Superman, and that's all I can tell you. <laughs> it seems like too much already. <laughs> I am not looking forward to this either. I'm sorry. Yeah. Neil Adams is a legend in comic books, yes. but I think it's time to give up the ghost. Yeah, you don't like that? You don't like... Uh... No, his last one, Batman Odyssey, was terrible. Well, he's up to no good again, Eric. Three musketeers meet the three stooges. How dare you? How dare you indeed. Well, the fun continued, Eric, at the San Diego Comic-Con. I'm not having fun yet. I hear this Superman, uh, I hear this Comic-Con's a big thing. Yeah, that's word on the streets. I heard rumors. It's it's on the west. We're East Coast. We're East Coast proud. We're not going to that San Diego (laughs) Comic-Con. It's East Coast versus West Coast, baby. Uh, the next the item, cardboard box fact does not right. pay enough for that. They, they ain't giving not. us any free passes. Yeah, they don't give us uh, much vacation either. And you know, I can't afford the on um, a cardboard box factory salary to go to that Comic Con. Uh, the next one, DC announces Superman, Lois and Clark. These are three books they announced: Superman, Lois and Clark, Telos, and Titans Hunt. You could have those three. She, I would say that I will have Superman, Lois, and Clark. You will be getting Telos and Titans Hunt. Well, let's see what they're about. I didn't even write anything. I wrote down the solicits that they uh, announced for these. Here we go. Superman, Lois, and Clark, written by Dan Jurgens and art by Lee Weeks. It's going to start on October 14th. Following the epic events of Convergence, here are the adventures of the last son and daughter of Krypton and Earth as they try to survive in a world not their own. But can they keep this world from suffering the same fate as their own? That's a lot of owns. Can the Superman stop the villains he once fought before they are before they are created created on this world what is inner gang and why does lois's discovery of it place everyone she loves in jeopardy and what will happen when their nine-year-old son learns the true identity of his parents you know what though we we were talking about this earlier today and this is only interesting to me if they go in and have flashbacks to what happened when the characters from convergence Went to crisis. Yeah, I don't and think And changed the events. I do not think they will. I think they're saving that. Well, again, I say they're saving that for another book. Uh, why wouldn't they put that out first, though? Seriously. Um, I that's love, all I want to say. I love the book this is coming from. That was one of, It was my favorite Convergence title, the Superman. Yeah. And I'm not looking forward to this. I don't know. It just doesn't intrigue me what, whatsoever. Well, right. further down the line, we'll see what happens because, yeah. honestly, I have high hopes to a degree just because of what I want to see and what I mm-hmm. hope to see, and I want to find out. You know, that's, I just might grab a hold of it because of that. Yeah, well, we'll be reviewing it. Uh, this next one's all you, Eric. Telos, oh, God or damn. as they like to call Chuck. him, Chuck. <laughs> Written by Jeff King, art by Carlo Pagulayan. Oh, yeah, Pagulayan? Pagulayan and Jason Paz. That's going to go on sale October 7th. The villain of the world-shattering Convergence event stars in his own new series. Set loose from his planetary tether at the end of the best-selling Convergence, (laughs) Telos finds himself free and able to traverse space and time via a sliver of Brainiac's powers. As this epic begins, he embarks on an odyssey journeying across time and space in search of his past. He's still looking for that name now. I'm telling you, though. He's supposed to have it now. 
at the end of the book, they're like, all right, we're going to reveal his name. Hold up, guys. We can get a whole other fucking yeah, book oh, out we'll of get that. It because, yeah, he never said. He kept, they kept calling him. Remember, he's like, I finally know my name, guys. And like, hey, Telos. Not once does he say, no, <laughs> call me Chuck. Tell and us then, my slave name. And then if Shakaraka Mojama. In the rest of, whoa, what are you talking about? This next one is the worst title I've ever heard. <laughs> Titan Hunt. Titan Hunt. You know what I like to hunt, Eric? The most dangerous game. Man? Man. Titan Hunt is written by they, Dan, Dan they Abnett. They wanted to call it Hunger Games, but it was already taken, T- apparently. Titan Hunt, written by Dan Abnett, art by Pat Paolo <laughs> Siguero. On, this was on sale October 21st. I'm just from now on. Written by Dan Abnett and the art by some guy. On that sale guy. October 21st. Convergence is over, Eric. But the ripples are still being felt, especially by a young pre I know. I've been reading JLU. Oh, yeah. Damn. Well, by a young precog named Lilith. What are these visions she's having of a Teen Titans team the world never knew? Why does she feel compelled to seek out Dick Grayson, Roy Harper, Donna Troy, and an, Atlante- an Atlantean named Garth, and warn them that something dark and sinister is coming after them? Who are Maul, Nark, Hank Hall, and Don Granger? And what is their connection to the others, Eric, and to the fate of every soul on Earth? This is the secret history of the Teen Titans. It's kind of weird, though, because I'm thinking about this. We had that one Titans book where they just disappeared and wound up on a strange planet away from everybody else. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. And Jericho was just looking at that fucking Lone Star all yeah, stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. He painting and playing a fucking guitar. <laughs> but I'm saying Roy Smash Harper. that thing and, over his fucking head. Uh, Roy Harper was not a part of that group. No. He was in the other Titans book. But, Eric, what, what dark and sinister thing is coming after them? Why do they keep asking me so many goddamn questions? And Everything's solicit? a question. It's like and the last, uh, and do you care? And the answer is no. Yeah. I kind of care. If it you, takes place when we're that, talking about, want tit- I want to know what happened. Titan Hunt. <laughs> Isn't he in uh, Mission Impossible? Titan Hunt? That's Ethan Hunt, baby. Uh, I, I just, that, that, just the worst name. That is the worst name I've ever heard of a book. No, it's not. Ever. Ever. Ah, uh, yes. The next set of news, or next news item, Milestone Media returns to DC Comics. About time. DC Comics announced a partnership with Milestone Media to publish new comics featuring popular Milestone characters like Static, Hardware, and Icon. Unlike DC's previous Static Shock comic, which positions Static as one of many heroes in the new 52 universe, the Milestone characters will go back to existing in their own self-contained world. But what about Static in the main universe? He's not there anymore. Referred to as Earth-M. No specific projects have been revealed yet. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't see that that one on my freaking Grant Morrison guide sheet. No specific project. It's because it's not existent. This is not anything to do. They're just grabbing this. It's just going to be out there by itself. It's Earth-M for their own fun and games no specific, pro- no, no specific projects have been revealed yet though both jeff johns and jim lee will be involved with the new milestone comics in some capacity rather than focusing on ongoing comics milestone will publish up to two hardcover graphic novels per year that along with a small number of miniseries and one-shot specials these stories will feature a mi- mixture of familiar faces included static zombie hardware icon and rocket and new heroes and villains uh, I know you're a big Static Shock fan. I like Icon as well. Just when I'm just listing them, Static, Zombie, Hardware, Icon, Rocket, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God damn these names. I'm not interested in any of those. I'm going to, I'm just. Miserable. Well, I'm not interested in you. How do you like yeah, them, Well, apples? that's great. Great. 
Great. Nobody else is either. The next one is something I also put for you, that Grant Morrison and DC Comics announced Multiversity 2, T-O-O. Oh, as well? And new Batman Black and White. DC's official press release says, During his Multiversity and Beyond panel at Comic-Con International San Diego 2015, critically acclaimed writer Grant Morrison introduced fans to two of his upcoming projects for DC Entertainment. Morrison revealed Multiversity 2, a line of original graphic novels based on his groundbreaking and best-selling titles from the Multiversity series of monthly comics. Oh, and his Multiversity Guidebook. Fans will experience stories from throughout the 52 or more worlds that make up Morrison's map of the multiverse. And whether it's the further adventures of Earth 4's Pax Americana, the new Reichman of Earth 10, the female-led Justice Guild of Earth 11, or even one of the seven unknown worlds, everything is fair game. Series begins in 2016. Does that mean he has no idea? Yeah. Yes, it does. He only knows one, and that's what they announced. Hey, look, I got Heavy Metal Magazine I'm dealing with now. It's even better, too, because the series begins in 2016 with Multiversity 2, The Flash. But from which Earth is anyone's (laughs) guess? He's just, you know him. He's just reading. I, I picture him in a room just scribbling away like the uh, the guy in Constantine that we'll talk about later is just scribbling away writing that book. And then at the end, doesn't even know what the fuck he wrote. That's what he does. He pages. He's writing on the wall in his own blood. Morrison also provided early details on another series shit. of graphic novels featuring everyone's favorite Dark Knight in Batman black and white. Yikes. This continuing anthology series pairs Morrison's original Batman stories with a rotating cast of some of the biggest art talents in comics that will only serve to highlight Grant's one-of-a-kind perspective when it comes to comics in general, and Batman in particular. It's weird, because Batman Black and White just... It it had been going on a bit. It it seemed to come out irregularly. Sporadically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it was still going, and they're making it almost seem like Batman Black and White has not been out for 10 years. (laughs) I actually reviewed the first issue. Had some very. I'm pro colorist, so I'm gonna boycott this book. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's okay. Again, <laughs> it's you're gonna get these, you know, weird stories, the you know, out of continuity stuff and weird shit, and that's not even counting Grant Morrison's take on it, which makes it even crazier. As yeah. Batman wasn't bad. What's that? Yeah, I, I'm just saying in general, he he gets a little crazy. Plus, like you said, he's over at that heavy metal magazine trying to write the ship there. He's like, what? He's a showrunner. I can just see he's just, yeah. He just yells shit out to somebody who writes it down while he's doing other stuff. He's like one of those, uh, what was it, in uh, The Simpsons? Naked Yoga? Well, I was thinking when in The Simpsons, when is it The Simpsons when Stephen King gets hit? Or is that Family Guy? And as family, he's, as he's, family Guy. Yeah, as he's flying through the air, he's writing another book. He's like James Patterson, my wife reads James Patterson or James Patterson books. I think the guy puts out seven books a day. Freaking ridiculous. All right, now the eighth story of the night. Eight new miniseries are announced for early 2016, Eric. And this is going to cause us some issues because now we're going to have to get down to the brass tacks and figure out who is going to review these. DC Entertainment announced plans to publish eight new six-issue miniseries uh, in 2016. And you get Raven by Marv Wolfman, Firestorm by Jerry Conway, Katana Call to the Cobra by Mike W. Barr, Swamp Thing by Len Wein, Metal Men by Len Wein. Remember I was yelling that Len Wein should get more work? Yeah, I bet they, you they listened. I bet you I'm going to scream and yell that he should have retired after <laughs> this. I, I have a weird feeling. Metamorpho by Aaron Lepresti, Poison Ivy Cycle of Life and Death by Amy Chu. Take that, you Poison Ivy fans. Ooh. Oh, goodness. And Sugar and Spike by Keith Giffen, which they did have a a little bit of a preview page. It's a older version. It's like the grown-up Sugar and Spike. 
and uh, Howard Porter did the preview panel. It wasn't a cover. It was just like a preview panel just to show off how Sugar and Spike will look. I and hope, I bet it'll be hilarious. Yeah, I hope that uh, Howard Porter does art on that. Uh, but no artists or release dates were <laughs> he given. He won't confirm that yet, though. Yes, no artists. I know. I got a hold of him trying to get him to do. Get him well, to he sent us a message at the beginning of the podcast. I didn't see what it was. So. Oh, did he? Yeah. I'll have to check that out because I know what it's about, Eric. I'll tell you about it later. Fair enough. Uh, yes. Uh, it's about a certain book that we have that I think there was a, t- a mistype. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> we'll get to that because Howard Porter even agrees with me. No artists or release dates were given, I said. Um, which books of these, which, which ones do you want? You want to have a draft? You want to throw down? You want to beat me? You want to blow? You want to fight me for these? Uh, which uh, you get first pick? Firestorm. Firestorm. Fuck yeah, Firestorm. By Jerry Conway. Nuclear Man. I take, well, I know the one that we both do not want. And it'll be funny if people are listening, they probably have like, man, those guys don't want Sugar and Spike. No, I know you don't want the one I want. And uh, (laughs) should I say which one it is? Yes. It's Poison Ivy. Uh, because uh, you can't win with that book. No. There is no way. When this was announced, I talked to Joel. And Joel was saying, he's like, oh, man, I can't poison him. I'm like, I am not touching that. I don't want to get anywhere Absolutely near that not. book. Uh, if you give that book a bad score because it happens to be shit, you will be torn apart. Yep. Actually, you know what? You don't get Firestorm. I'm going to take the first pick, Eric. The fuck out of here. Screw I got Firestorm. You. Okay. You got Firestorm then. I'm going to take Katana Cold of the Cobra by Mark W. Barr. You know why? Because he helped me win the Just for the Hell of It Monday contest with the Batman and the Outsiders. Really? And I wanted a Batman and the Outsiders book, and this and uh, the other one, Aaron LaPress, that's going to be the closest I'm getting. I want Katana Cold of the Cobra. Number one pick. What is All your right. second? A round two pick. Um, Metamorpho. Metamorpho. Pretty much just because I don't want you to have the whole Outsiders click. Well, jerk off. The, the thing that I, I'm wondering is you love the Metal Men. I do love the Metal Men. And I heard recently it's Metal Men and Cyborg. Ugh. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I oh, only you know do that to me. That'd be awesome. I know that you would have been. Because if it was, I'd pick it right now. But my second book, I'm going to go. I'm going to go um, Swamp Thing. Len Wein. Boom. That was really good in Convergence. So I have I have Katana and Swamp Thing. I'm going to put little notes here. And you have Firestorm. All right. Your next pick, Eric. I will pick Raven. Raven? Raven. You want that? You like Marv Wolfman Raven? You didn't really like his Teen Titans Convergence book, did you? No, but he, I don't know. It's Marv Wolfman, you know, has had one of the best runs of Titans. And, you know, I... I don't know if he really should be talking more about it. He had a pin in it at, at a good time, mm-hmm. and the convergence was just adding on to shit he didn't need to add on to. I just still want to see what he wants to do with Raven, though. Okay. Well, that's good. Everybody loves Raven. He uh, he had something he was talking about that he gets all excited when he sees little girls that's dressed so up Raven. as Raven, and it made me kind of feel weird inside. <laughs> all right. For now, my next one, then, I am going to go... Well, I could take Metal Men from you, but I know you love Metal Men. I have no interest in Metal Men whatsoever. And you know that I love Funny Man Keith Giffen. So I'm going Sugar and Spike by Keith Giffen. And now I realize I am fucked. (laughs) (laughs) You want Poison Ivy, right? I didn't say that nobody wants it. No, yeah, I want... um, Now I gotta go Metal Men. Sorry, Metal Metal Men. I get... I knew you didn't want Metal Men at all, so I was not worried about that one. Oh, I actually put an E next to Poison Ivy. So I get Poison Ivy. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be done. 
I hope Amy Chu. Uh, that, this is going to be the book. If I give it a 9-8, that people are going to complain. <laughs> They've been waiting for this book for so long. I, I bet you I have not looked. Now, this is actually probably the oldest news story we have on the news. And I didn't look, but I bet you people are already complaining that it's only a six-issue mini. Probably. They have to be. They are so upset. That, what is the – there is like – Team Poison Ivy or Poison Ivy? Well, the Poison oh, Ivy League. Poison Ivy League, yeah. I sent him a message the other day. I was oh, shit, mean. really? Actually, um, the Cognac and Comics. Comics and Cognac? Yeah. Uh, they just followed us on Twitter, and they sent me a thing out of the blue and said uh, they were starting a hashtag of how not to start a flame war on Twitter, and it was kind of like think of something that wouldn't get people upset, and I wrote... I really do think that Poison Ivy can hold her own solo book. That was, that was my deal, and it probably got people mad. I actually sent it to the Poison Ivy League. Which oh, my is God, what is wrong with you? It's funny because the Poison Ivy League makes it seem like there's like 7 trillion people. There's probably three people. One of Probably, them, but they of, scare me. One of them's you. They might, scare me so might much. Might be Joel, because Joel told me he would take that book if we really wanted him to. So we'll and see. And Joel can have it. <laughs> he can have those six issues. All right, like uh, I don't know when the, when the artists are released and maybe a solicitor or whatnot, I'll probably get a little more interest in these things. I'm guessing that Poison Ivy is going to be a lot about recycling. <laughs> it's all exciting. Uh, of all these, I I think Katana is going to kick ass. Katana needs a good book. She has not had a good book. Not Firestorm good... got canceled just when the series got good, so I'm no. really hoping it picks up at that point. Like it is part of continuity. And it's funny, Swamp Thing was always good. And yeah. then it got canceled, and it got canceled. Now it's going to be back in this mini. It seems like maybe it shouldn't have been canceled. Uh, Metamorpho's odd guy. Aaron Lepresti usually is a guy who we see doing art. Uh, and Metamorpho, again, I, I don't know. That, that I'm glad it's a six issue because I don't think anybody's going to buy that. Uh, I, I'm saying, though, Metamorpho and Black Lightning were my favorite members of The Outsiders. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like Geoforce I said, can suck Like it. I said, in, um, ah, Geoforce is okay. I like them, but I did that first issue. The yeah. classic uh, first issue of uh, Batman and the Outsiders. It's funny because it has quote unquote origin stories for some of the guys, and uh, they're not. They're quite. They're not really origin stories. <laughs> uh, Halo is just laying in the middle of these woods. Batman comes across her, gives her her name, and then she gets him caught and runs away. That's her origin story. That's great. Uh, speaking of sales, though, Eric, I have some June sales numbers in front of me. Have you looked at any of the June sales numbers? Just a little bit you sent me earlier. Okay, well, that's all I have. So you've seen them, but it looks like... I DC, glanced at them. DC kind of got trounced in the top 10. Uh, the top 10, you have Secret Wars 3, Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, number one, Star Wars, number six, all those Marvel, of course. Then the first book, the top book for June, which again, uh, I have to explain, I guess, that that's when we came out of Convergence and a yes. bunch of new books. Everything got back to normal. We thought everybody's going to be excited again. You got Justice League of America number one. What's it's kind of like a, I kind of find it odd, but I don't at the same time because it's back to the JLA that I, you know I this one book I would always read even though yeah. when I was reading Marvel all the time I would always get a JLA book and it's a number one so people are going to grab yeah. that too but yeah it's obviously they knew what they were doing with that because that actually was number four overall and one hundred fifty thousand one hundred fifty thousand eight hundred forty five estimated. Uh, 
Yeah, copy sold. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty good. Next, uh, fifth is another DC book, which is Batman Forty One. That's at about one hundred forty-two thousand. Then you get Thor's number one by Marvel, Darth Vader number six by Marvel, X Men ninety-two, which you were interested in, number one by Marvel, Uh, Justice League forty-one. Uh, it's down at number nine at eighty-eight thousand. That's crazy to me. Yeah, I know. I actually that was one of the best books that on I, the, it was always in the top ten, one of the highest, right below Batman. And it was like always over a hundred thousand. My theory is everybody went to the the comic shop and confused Justice League of America with it, <laughs> and picked that up, and then got home and cursed themselves. But then they read it and were confused with that info dump of an issue. Where's my dark side <laughs> war? Where's going with the dark side war? What, what's parasite? Freaking Infinity Corp or whatever the hell was it? That was what it was, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Justice League forty one, yeah, eighty eight thousand. That's odd. Uh, and then Groot number one with eighty three thousand rounded up the top ten. And I wrote the sales numbers of the new books. The best new book that came up besides JLA that was in the top ten was Harley Quinn and Power Girl number nice. one. Now all these, it's funny because all of these are reported orders that are slightly reduced due to returnability is how they spelled it. Right. So a lot of these are just what they sent out. Uh, some of those others weren't. Actually, JLA supposedly is a solid number, Eric. But yeah, Harley Quinn and Paragon number one, that sold uh, almost 65000 That's pretty good. Eh. Yeah. For number one, it's not that yeah, good. Yeah, but it's it's a mini. Harley Quinn and Power Girl, you know, six-issue mini, that's not bad. And it's the best one of the new books uh, besides JLA. And that's disappointing. Yeah, well, you got Robin, Son of Batman with almost uh, uh, well, 64,000, so right there. Batman Beyond, number one with 53. We Are Robin, 51. Starfire, 46. Green, Lan- Green Lantern, Lost Army, 42. Earth 2 Society, 41. Black Canary, 40. Red Hood and Arsenal, 40,000. Constantine the Hellblazers, 38,000. That's actually that's actually better than that probably ever got before. Now, again, it's, it's a push because of number exactly. one. Exactly. But I bet you Constantine number one didn't get that number. Take that. Martian Manhunter, Martian Manhunter number one, 36,000. You're fact-check that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Fate number one, 35,000. Bizarro number one, 35,000. Batmite just under 35. It's funny. Bizarro and Batmite are going to go just... They go together. I'm actually kind of pissed off that Bizarro got more sales. Uh, yeah, and I'm looking at it. It's like by like 400. Yeah. Uh, Doom number one, 32,000. Midnighter, 32. Now, can you believe that Doom beat out Midnighter? No, that's weird. That's crazy. But again, um, yeah, I, I can't even. I was just going to come up with a theory out of my ass. Now, again, it beat it by 59 copies. <laughs> it still did, though. Um I can't say, oh, I was going to say, yeah, Midnighter. Nobody knows who Midnighter is. Nobody knows what Doomed is. No. I, I, I still don't know what Doomed is. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Justice League, 3,001, 32,000. All-Star Section 8, 31,000. Just under, actually, 31,099. Um, that actually shocks me. <laughs> and uh, I think that if you're going to look at these numbers, that actually, to me, is pretty good for that book. Then you have Omega Men, number one, 30,000. Prez, 28,000. Now, I look through these things, and the worst book of the month was Lobo. Which makes for sense. For DC. Lobo number seven, which uh, got 19,210, which actually is up about 7,000 from March when the, the series took its hiatus. Which was, uh, so that's a big jump. But I did look. Now, you know personally, um, I always look at background. Yes. Because I hope that it fails. You're that's, just waiting for it to fail yeah, every goddamn month. And this month, I finally got to like rub my hands in glee. <laughs> because Batgirl number forty one, Batman number uh, Batgirl number forty one sold thirty three thousand two hundred twenty. That's not good. No. Um, 
books along the line. Now, I, I said I looked through all these months, and I did too much research on this. I actually spent a good amount of time <laughs> doing this research while I should have been doing other things. Um, Grayson and Green Lantern, for like the last six months before Convergence, were right neck and neck. These, these three books seem to always be within 500 copies of each other. Um, when they came back, though, Batgirl number 41 got 33,220. Grayson number 9 got 39,610. And nice. Green Lantern got that push for the Renegade uh, nice. story, 45,704. So they're killing that it. That seems low to me. Um, it seems low, but I, I actually got the numbers from February and March, the two months before. And like Green Lantern was 41,000, 42,000. So it went up 3,000 uh, from its last issue. Grayson is always at 41, 41,000, 40,859, and now it's 39, so it went down like five. Oh, it went down a little. Batgirl, on the other hand, was 41,729 for Batgirl 40. It went down almost 8,000, <gasps> and I loved it. I laughed and chuckled and sent notes. I didn't send any notes. <laughs> uh, so who are you sending these notes to, sucker? I don't know. I, I just... And I, I hate to be a hateful guy, but I actually don't. I don't. I, I, again, I told you in my life, I rather see people lose than for me to win. <laughs> and I'm telling you, uh, there's people out there shaking their heads. Yes, Eric. They're like, that's just like me. It's, it's awful. It's an awful way to be. It's made it so that anything I do has no fun ever. It really doesn't. Because if I win then I just, that does nothing for me. It's the thrill of seeing somebody so despondent and losing. And then afterwards, I feel empty inside. Say, I feel a little empty inside after hearing this. Well, I'm telling you, we have the site. I, the site will never, or the podcast, it'll never make me happy. It's never good enough. But I let you, I, all the time, what am I doing? Talking about all these other things. Talking yeah. about other podcasts and yelling about them and sites. People bad-mouthing us and like, get all fired up i always have to have an enemy and i'm i'm never happy Whew, this good is times a, good this times is a, this is a dark podcast eric and i'm gonna move to a dark I, story i don't feel comfortable anymore <laughs> i'm gonna move to a dark story eric amanda peterson died oh. this week at the age of 43 and i'm laughing because this news came out amanda peterson is the star in camp i'm you love yes one of and our favorite movies it's I uh, before she died last week before she died, the five cast podcast had had a 1987 movie uh, podcast, and I sent him a note. They talked to us a little, and I sent him a note with my top five 1987 movies. Number one, Can't Buy Me Love, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I love that movie. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've seen it. I could watch it right now and love every minute of it. And I told you, once you see a movie that so many times you start getting crazy stories about different characters. Yeah, and you I'm start making you, up backstories. Oh, yeah. I, I'm telling you, the craziest thing is that guy selling that telescope to Ronald. <laughs> that, guy, <laughs> that guy means trouble. And it's great because you know the scene when he's looking through the telescope then. And that's how you see him giving the money yeah. to Amanda Peterson. And the guy's, Ronald, I'll wrap it for you. The guy's <laughs> so upset. I think he killed her. That's who killed Amanda Peterson. He went. See, I I'm saying we we that's the worst thing about this. I heard the news, or you heard the news, Amanda Peterson died. Yeah, and I immediately sent to you, "Holy shit, her mother finally killed her for ruining that outfit." <laughs> and then I sent my buddy Herb, who was a big fan. Me and him saw it in the theater. Um, he thinks it was Bobby. 
her boyfriend uh, because she did something with that uh, hydroponic. <laughs> I think and she was, was a whore. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I think he would. And then it might have been Gerardo who did it. I, oh, man, I love that movie so much. Um, but the weird thing is when we heard her age, because I'm thinking 87, the show yeah. My Crazy Age, the year I graduated. And I'm assuming the way this movie goes, they are seniors because Bobby goes off to college. She yep. was dating a little older guy. I mean, at the most, you can tell me they were juniors. They're seniors. That's their senior year. And she was 43 when she died. I'm like, wait a second. That's like three years younger than me. And I was a senior when that came out. So she was 15, maybe 14 when that movie came out. That's uh, not possible. No, it's not. They had to fudge her age I somewhere. They, I think they fudged. The more I read about this, this thing, there's no reason to fudge the age. I know. Somehow we have this giant conspiracy theory about how old That's, she is yeah. after she dies. What's weird is when somebody dies at 43... The 43 number makes it seem worse yeah. because, you know, you'd almost want to hope that she was 55. Yep. 43, which you said, and I looked it up again. Yeah. She is only, and please, if, if you haven't seen Camp I Me Love, go watch it. It is a great movie. Seth Green is in the movie. He As plays younger Chucky, brother. Yeah. the younger brother, who to me appears to be 11 or 12. Somewhere around there. I'd say right in there. He's only two years younger than her. <laughs> it's not possible. No. It really isn't possible. Now, again, they, the other two uh, hot chicks in the movie get uh, very sexy. Yeah. She, Amanda Peterson doesn't. And what's weird also, what makes me laugh is 80, the 80s was a huge thing to get like 30-year-olds to play 15-year-olds. <laughs> Why were they getting a 15-year-old to play an 18-year-old? Makes no sense. Ah, uh, yes, but she was best known for co-starring with Patrick Dempsey in the 1987 classic Can't Buy Me Love. Sad, Eric. She would have celebrated her 44th birthday on July 8th. I so know, just a couple days later. A couple later. days ago. And I, I said, actually, I, we're awful people. I've already yes. described how awful I am. But when they talked about how she had gotten in life, she had some problems. She had a lot of arrests. looked like she had problems with drugs earlier. Now, a lot of people are claiming now that she was pretty clean and something would have happened. I think her mom or dad said that he thinks it was mold or um, sleep apnea. That sounds like bullshit. We're going to have to wait for the autopsy. But I said right away, I'm like, you know what, Eric? You probably could have gotten a hold of Amanda Peterson and hung out with her. I know. She seemed, you know, I guess I thought that it sounded sad because I think when it was first reported as well, she died and nobody found her for a couple days. That's terrible. That's always sad. That's like Lane Staley of Alice in Chains. Yeah. I, I think they found that guy like six months later holding a PlayStation controller when he died. Oh, it wasn't six months later. It was weeks. And they went in and, yeah, they said he was just playing some PlayStation arc. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I'm laughing. Jeez. Oh, uh, it's just all oh, good. That'll be me. I'm saying, though, and the worst part in my mind, I, I hate the fact that she died. Yeah. But it really screws up our plans because for years now we've been talking about a sequel, Still Can't yeah. Buy Me Love. Yep, Still Can't Buy Me Love. And now it's done. There goes that. Yeah, we can't do it. Seth Green, don't worry, we won't be calling you anymore. Patrick Dempsey, you, uh, you Patrick don't worry. Dempsey. You, you can take that new Transformers. Oh, he died in that. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, also, um, Amanda Peterson was in Annie, Explorers, Listen to Me with Kirk Cameron and Jamie Gertz. And Can't Buy Me Love, of course. It's funny because I name Annie Explorers, but I have to point out that Kirk Cameron and Jamie Gertz are in Listen to Me. <laughs> the hell is that movie? Uh, she hasn't been in a movie since 1994. But she's Weird. been in our hearts. She's always been in my heart, Eric. 
Ah, back to comic news. This was late news. That's why it's after Amanda Peterson dying. It's uh, They announced Batman the Killing Joke animated movie by Bruce Tim will be coming out. Killing Oops. Joke? I thought DC hated that Killing Joke. No, that's just Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher. Oh, you, I, I thought DC said no, no Joker on my watch. No, that was Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher. Oh, I thought DC said that uh, Weird Science DC Comics podcast and blogs suck. They might have. Yeah, they did. <laughs> uh, prominent animation writer, producer, director Bruce Tim announced an animated film based on Batman the Killing Joke. Friday evening he did this. Revealed during the Justice League Gods and Monsters panel at Comic-Con International San Diego. Freaking, why do I just, I cut I and paste know. these things and then I start reading them. I'm like, why do I keep saying this? The film is based on the Alan Moore and Brian Bowen OGN and is scheduled for release in 2016. No other details were given about the project. So that's that. Um, News. You, you're going to watch that? Fuck yeah. It was the first trade I ever owned. You think they're going to do it well? You think yes. they're going to do it justice? Yes, I do. I thought DC said no Joker on their watch. Jesus Christ, get off this already. Is, that's not what they said? No, no, that was not what, personally is, no, what DC... I'm the man DC, he didn't the, say yeah, that. Mr. DC, <laughs> I'm thinking, though, was the killing joke the one with the guy who turns into a fucking dog? Ah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. The next bit of news and the last bit of news. This is funny. Uh, they announced the Eisner Award winners. And, Eric, you won four. Yep. It happens got, every year. Yes. Four Eisner Awards for Eric Shea, America's Sweetheart. Still can't afford to go out to Comic-Con, though. Do you know nobody cares about the Eisner Awards? Am I with you? I'm with you. You know what makes me laugh? <laughs> this is what – Um, yes, are you with me? Um. <laughs> Way back when I had my other job before I got laid off, Eric, because of this economy, I blamed Barack Obama. I heard uh, it was blatant incompetence. That might have been, too. Is he the president? Blatant incompetence? Yeah. Mr. Blatant incompetence? Um, what made me laugh, these Eisner Awards kind of remind me of what we used to do. We used to have a brochure that we, we handed out uh, sales-wise, and it would say... Um, Come and deal with our award-winning inside staff, inside sales staff. You know what award-winning was? No. Jay, who I talked to you about that I work with, he yeah. had a choral award from ninth grade. And we actually, I made him hang it up. I said, <laughs> I told him, this, that's what people do, though. He won an award. He got an award where the award-winning inside sales staff. And I made him hang it up. And it, it actually probably is still there to this day. We used to laugh. But, yeah, you have to have some things. And I, that's all the Eisner Award is for. I'm an award-winning person then. Yeah. Are you? Yeah, yeah. you probably got a choral award. I have a bunch. No, I, I got an award for uh, best monologue. Oh, Rit best, written, best monologue. Written huh? and performed. Hmm. You know what I got? About seven uh, cues, baby. I got my letterman's jacket. Actually, I had the cues for uh, the letters. I never, them cues from? I never got a letterman's jacket. I was a sports... Uh, I don't know, a hero of sports. A hero of a sports. A hero of sports and things, they said. I also, I probably, I'm trying to think of the other things that I, I didn't do much else. I, I played baseball, wrestled, a little soccer. A little bit of soccer there. Why were in. you wrestling in soccer? Little, uh, I don't, you know, that's what you do. <laughs> I played a lot of sports. I don't think you were on these teams. I played a lot of sports and I played hockey, but they didn't have a hockey team uh, back when I did. I, I was a uh, free agent around the way. And everybody loved me, Eric. I was the king of the world then. King of the world. I don't think any of that's true. It's not. I'm lying. And uh, Tanya's uncle is a test pilot. Uh, the, for the Eisner Awards, the reason I put this, um, Ed Pisker won one. Ed Pisker, you will know, 
won for best reality based work for Hip Hop Family Tree Volume Two. This news I, better hurry uh, up. I, I gotta love, take a pisker. Oh, I love it. You gotta take a, a big pisker. Well, the last bit of news then is the only DC winners this uh, Eisner Awards season was Darwin Cook for Best Cover Artist for his Darwin Cook Month Variant Covers and Best Painter Multimedia Artist. Was there a specific Art. cover or is it for the whole month? No, it was the whole month. It was that That's all stupid. those covers. I know. It's stupid. I looked at it. I'm telling you, half the things that get nominated for this I didn't even recognize. J.H. <laughs> uh, Williams III won uh, for Best Painter Multimedia Artist Interior Art for Salmon Overture from Vertigo, D.C. That's Oosh. the news, Eric. We got through it. I thought it was going to take a lot longer. That didn't just take an hour? It took an hour. I thought it was going to take six. Ooh-wee. That's some good news. I can't wait for months to come and all these books and everything and great stuff. But we're going to take a little break so you can go wee-wee. Thank you. Hey, look, everybody. Billy peed his pants. <laughs> of course I peed my pants. Everybody my age pees their pants. It's the coolest. Really? Yes! You ain't cool unless you pee your pants. Wow. Hey, man, Ernie pees pants, too. All right. If peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. Oh, that was the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. Let's go! And we're back, Eric. Boo-wee. We're going to get the listener mail after Ooh-wee, that little baby. break. Ooh-wee. Oh, jeez. Ooh-wee. Do you uh, have a nice uh, little pee break? It was so good. It was so good. All right. So well, we're, good. We're going to listener mail. And last week, if people weren't listening. I touched um, it. Whoa. If people weren't listening last week, you made the, you pronounced that the only way you're getting on this podcast from now on is to send email. None well, of you these, pronounced, I pronounced well, it. Well, you told me. And you, I think your exact quote when I said people <laughs> do send things to Tumblr. Fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> I said, oh, people send messages on Tumblr. They send Twitter. Fuck them, you said. In fact, Joel who now writes reviews on our site, I don't know. Oh, yeah, he sent me an email, but he always sent it to me on Tumblr. That was his way to get a hold of us, was Tumblr. And basically, you told him to go fuck himself. You hear that, Joel? He told you to go fuck yourself. He said Holy I look like a predator crap. in my one picture. You can go yeah, suck he it did too. say you look like a predator. <laughs> to catch a predator, Eric Shea. And did. not the fun kind with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, that's the fun kind. <laughs> that, don't tell that to Carl Weathers. Oh, oh man, oh. he wasn't having a good time in that. Oh, goodness. Somebody needs to give him a hand, Eric. But it boom, and an arm, and a gun. Ooh, so you told us that. You told all everybody. You told the whole podcast universe of how many little people listen to us. And you told them, listen, don't send us anything but email. So what happens is we have two emails this week. Uh, the first one is from Chisanga. I mentioned to you, Chisanga still has not told me where he lives. I want to know where Chisanga lives, so Chisanga... Please. Getting kind of creepy, Jim. Please tell me where you live so I can seek you out. <laughs> Chisanga is um, what I told you during the break. He is a reactionary. He reacts yes. to things on the site. And he seems to not get upset, but almost like I sense worry. In, Why are mom and dad mouth. fighting? I sense worry in his <laughs> mouth because if something happened last time was when um, we badmouthed Lois Lane. And kind of. It every, was more the commenters. Well, everybody on the site commented about Lois Lane, and then we kind of got involved. But Lois, Lois was uh, not very good. In the, it was Batman Superman that I didn't like her in. Uh, yes. Her and Clark talked on the phone. And then it was Superman. She was being a real bitch, and then Superman, she was doing the same. So he wrote the email that week, why do you guys hate Lois Lane? This week, 
He has a question about Earth to Society. Hey, guys, how's Earth to Society been for you guys? Because from your last review, it sounds like you hate the book already, like the other Earth to related books, which was odd. That was a weird call-up because the actual Earth to book, not World's End, but Earth 2, you loved. The thing is, though, I think Chisanga got on the site when, um, when you know, was Earth 2 had already become the companion piece to World's yeah, End and really you sucked. Didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, you Because did. at one point when we started the site, Earth 2 was my favorite book of all time. Yeah, that was the reason why you started reading the DCU as well. The New 52. Book, or the New 52 DCU. Your I've already DCU. forgotten. I've already <laughs> swipe, wiped that freaking New 52 out of my brain. Uh, but yeah, that was the book that you're like, man, that, those are my heroes. You those are my heroes. Yeah, the we cardboard got to go box. And this. I'm going to go. I'm not getting any team books. And then the next thing you get is freaking Batman and Robin and World's Finest. Two team books. <laughs> And then I even called you on your. But I think you tried to tell me Batman and Robin wasn't a team book because it's <laughs> Batman and Robin. I go and Earth Two duo. is a team book. Oh, All three of them. They weren't really a team at that point. It was a. Book still for not a bunch a team. of guys. Yeah, Jesus. really, that's true. Uh, he goes on. Do you really wish that they didn't start the series and just let it end at Convergence Eight? Also, why does Sloan have so much Joker immunity? I don't know what that means. I don't either, actually. Um, but no, I said in the review that I kind of wish it would have ended at Convergence number eight now just because how much I didn't like this week's issue. Issue yeah. one really piqued me. You know, it wanted me to go forward. But after this, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. You guys have been I think you're this a reactionary. Thing. One issue. You I'm liked saying, the first one. What'd you give the first one? It was like a... I don't know, man. That was like a month. nine or something. You loved it. I, and I, then you I get one it. bad issue, you're out. Jeez. It's just getting back to the nonsense that World's End had nonstop, and I don't want to repeat that again. I don't know. I'll, a little sneak peek. I, I thought it was like a 10 out of 10. This You're week. a liar. I know. Uh, that it, it gave me a headache. And, in fact, we started this podcast a little later. I blame that book. It was taking me a long time to get through that and a little other one, uh, Justice League of America. Uh, I liked it enough, but, man, it was a slow read for me. It was taking me a while. But, yeah. Um, I obviously I can't you can't go by anything of my opinion on Earth too because the only thing I've said it publicly, doesn't matter. Well, no, the only thing I said <laughs> publicly is that I really liked it last yeah. week. We even mentioned it last week uh, that that was the book that we're the only ones who liked it. I think people hate on that book just to hate, hate for hate's sake. Well, I'm on that trolley now. Well, you are, you are. Well, we're going to get to our second and last email, Eric. Uh, before Chisanga sent us the, uh, his email at the last second, this listener mail almost became, what's up, Reggie? Yeah, <laughs> was, just we gonna, it to, what's up, Reggie? What's up, Reggie? Because you and your freaking jerk-off ways uh, caused everyone, nobody wrote, nothing written in, Look, two you emails. you could have gathered a bunch of stuff from other like, you know, places, and it would have just been, why I don't like Eric Shea. That's right. That's what we like. That's what everybody likes. I looked at the, the demographics and the stats, and that's what they all love. You wish you had that kind of stats. I know. I love stats. Uh, Reggie starts with me. Dear Jim, it's interesting to think about how much the listeners to your podcast have come to know you about you and Eric and how you contrast over the course of 26 episodes. I'd like to contrast this funny. I'd like to say that like I'm already starting to contradict myself with all my freaking lies and stories. <laughs> For instance, we know you're older came of age in the 80s that's correct we even said that again this week while eric is younger and came of age in the 90s also uh, correct i don't know that you came of age ever you yes, are newer yes, to the world of comics while eric has been reading them since he was young first as a marvel fan and now more skewed towards dc 
And last you week, fucking taking notes. And last week, during the review of Action Comics, we learned that Eric is a valorous defender of the people. That's right. One of the common man who believes that freedom and power belong to the masses. While you're a goose stepping toady who thinks that local militia have our best interests at heart and will keep the peace by cracking everyone's skull if necessary. Now, I'm going to stop right there <laughs> because I had an issue because these police officers in freaking Action Comics are are jerks. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't have any faith in them. You were just, it was weird. You were the one, I, I think he's gotten this mixed up because you were the one who's like, no, no, they have a reason. They have a reason. I'm, no, they don't. They're jerks. But they, it's all because you and that juggalo freaking riot you claimed you, you were in and tried to stop. I never stopped the riot, Eric. I've never heard anyone go so far out of their way. I never tried way. to stop it. I kind of caused it to a degree. Okay, well, I've never heard anyone go so far out of their way to apologize for a trigger-happy junta. Do you commend the efforts of North Korea and Kim Jong-un to keep their people in line using terror tactics and concentration camps? Yeah, you're a monster, Jim. Or perhaps you prefer the more targeted efforts of a Mexican drug cartels that eradicate entire villages and leave beheaded corpses in the town square to send a message to the country at large. Now, I'll, I'll tell you, Eric, you, you got to send a message. If you don't send that message, they're going to keep doing that stuff like opening them books and reading, teaching each other how to write proper grammar. If this was Future Zen, you'd be the first in line to volunteer for Brother's Eyes Assimilation. I probably would. I'd give up going. Yeah. When the shit goes down, the U.S. government turn needs to mobilize. turn everybody else you could. Yes. When the shit goes down and the U.S. government needs to mobilize the Marines against its populace, I know I'd rather be fighting for the resistance with Eric Shea. America's sweetheart, That's and a right. ragtag motley group of like-minded revolutionaries. Instead of, an in, instead of in some detention center with you, chained to the wall, wondering why the police are acting so out of character in between electric shocks to my testicles. <laughs> Telling you, I, I wouldn't want to be with you on a freaking bad thing. You'd freaking crawl under a, a shed or something. And, and you are correct. Yes. I would really like to know what you've accomplished in your life that gives you the right to denigrate Kid or Play from (laughs) rap supergroup Kid and Play. (laughs) Kid wrote the theme song to Real Time with Bill Maher, and Play has a successful post-production company that was probably a better business decision than to keep rapping for diminishing returns. It's true. And you, you have a job at the Cardboard Box Factory and near-unlistenable podcast and probably a drawer full of second- and third-place ribbons. I already told you I got cues. From various competitions you entered in junior high school. Nobody knows what that means. I know. I don't know how to spell it out. How do you spell it out? I got letters? Yeah, you got letters for a letterman's jacket that you never received. No, I never bought the letterman's jacket. I didn't like those jackets. You weren't like Lucas? It's uh, me and no, I wasn't like Lucas. I think you were just like Lucas, but the kids didn't buy you a jacket and put it in your locker at the end. My friend Herb used to make the joke because he'd have like. Herb Yoakum, 88, and then that would be crossed out 89, crossed out 90. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, high school, the best five years of my life. I think you should march right down. <laughs> I'm no barber- idiot, Jim. I've I'm been no at this idiot. school for seven years. <laughs> I think you should march right down to the barber and pay whatever it takes to get a kid haircut and have sorry forever doubting you shaved into the back. Uh, we mentioned this week, if I said the kid haircut, I'm afraid they'd give me that Prince Jerry curl. Yeah. Uh, the kid. If you polish your novelty Sugar Smacks Junior Deputy Badge, maybe the government shock troopers will kill you last as they move through your town. You can just let them listen to this podcast if you'd prefer to be killed sooner. Love, Reggie the Reckless. That was fun. Oh, Reggie. I'm telling you, Reggie, I, I think those police are awful. I listen to NWA, so you know where <laughs> I stand with the police. Rolling around with me and Lorenzo. We're rolling in that Benzel. 
I was <laughs> listening to street cred, brother. That's right. I don't. I'm telling you. I said before. There's no half step in here. Um, <laughs> that all that jazz. Uh, I don't know what what other rap songs can I quote here. Uh, that that girl can say she he's just a friend. You can do it. Put your back into it. <laughs> push it. Push it real good. Ah, uh, Reggie, you son of a bitch. All right, he goes on. Dear Eric, America's sweetheart. And say it in the brain. Here we go. Now he's going to stir the pot. Friggin' Reggie stirring the pot. You know, stirring the pot like easy you did back in the day. Did you hear Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark's sizzling comments about you on the last week's segment of The Other Side? And I you actually did. did. You did. And you actually, even we were working, and you heard it. I kind of, I wasn't around you at that point. I walked by, and you're like, you took out your earphones. You're like, Man, Ryan's really giving it to me. Shit's getting real, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Of course you didn't. You don't listen to the podcast, but you did. Well, let me bring you up to speed. He verbally smacked the taste out of your mouth. My Thought taste? Tastes like some dude. He no. dissed you in front of your mama. Not my mama. He actually went to the trailer park and did that. You fuck he up. played <laughs> you like a chump in front of your boys, which uh, you don't have any boys. That's you pl- like you. a chump in front of your boy. Yeah. That your boy? He essentially reversed you. And you know what happened the last time I heard that? Your boy, I got the shit kicked out of me in Wildwood. <laughs> he essentially reversed your review decision on Leather, Leather Jason versus Friday the 13th. That's hilarious. And let it be known that he is the go-to person for non-DC comic reviews, not you. Are you going to stand for that? Seems I think to, I Are am. you going to stand for that? I think I am. There's enough room for all of us to do horror-related comics See, this in this is, world. This is why I have no joy in my life with stuff like that because if it was me now it would be a war and I'd make sure that I'd go to Ryan's site and see anything you review and then I'd review it and make sure that I rip him every time seems (laughs) to me like you should stake your claim and let Ryan know that Weird Science DC Comics blog at blogspot.com and it's attached (laughs) podcasts are your turf not his that's right yeah he says he's gonna save it for Ryan of mine's uh, horror podcast yeah 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 Freaking three people listening, and that's with you and Ryan included. Maybe your mother at the trailer park. San Diego Comic Con oh. is this week, so if Dan Stransky can't put together a solid episode of Dan's Geek News for this podcast, then he's slacking. I don't know why I've decided you're the designated person on the podcast to handle the other segments that are edited in, but there you have it. You should also have a woman do another segment. The podcast is starting to smell like a gym locker, so get on that. So yeah, he's uh, he's wondering why you are designated as the editor of the news um because you're busy doing other shit that is right and i said <laughs> you know what you better start pulling your weight buddy it freaking i say like seven trillion words to your one fucking hell yeah what, what do you say damn, damn right. right damn right boosh nice job on the podcast insight though you were kidding yourself in that last review of jason face and goalie mask <laughs> the art was crappy not the worst i've seen but definitely not top notch did I say Love. it was top notch? No, I think that um, I think he just wants you to pick things that are better than that. Well, he didn't say anything about my Evil Dead Two review. Yeah, no, he didn't. That really upset you, didn't it? <laughs> He's talked about all my horror reviews, but not Evil Dead Two, man. Uh, not Evil Dead. You sounded a little like uh, Arsenio Hall there. It's a good Ooh. impersonation. You want me to start barking? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I hated that. We need to get that for the podcast. Seriously, a little, little sound. Uh, laugh tracks and stuff um he did he i can't remember did he uh, give a comment on my batman and the outsiders number one who arsenio hall no reggie <laughs> you know arsenio, who was on? no arsenio hall just calls me about that he doesn't comment on the site <laughs> you know who was on arsenio hall back in the original show who's that 
actually Jason Voorhees after Friday oh, the 13th uh, Part 8. And it's so funny because he doesn't all. talk. Yeah, that Arsenio Hall show. Well, that's the problem. The problem with Arsenio Hall, if anybody even remember, is he talked too much. He would skew, he'd interview somebody by asking a question and then just talk about anything he wants. So you are the Arsenio Hall of the podcast you world. son of a bitch. I was just going <laughs> to ask you a question and then talk over you. You ruined my bit. I just came up with that too. All right. Reggie the Reckless goes on to talk to Ryan, brightest daycare clerk. I would talk some shit. Dear Ryan, I really enjoyed last week's episode where you reviewed the Spire number one, but I especially liked when you corrected Eric's review of Leather Bones <laughs> versus Jason Priestley, uh, which so I think was very big of you. It's one thing to be reductive, but you chose to be instructive. Don't hate Sick. Eric. Educate. And that's why you are head <laughs> and shoulders above all other reviewers of non-DC comic books. I don't know why these other clowns even bother. Keep up the high-quality reviews and entertainment. Don't be afraid to correct Eric's future reviews of non-DC work if you find it lacking. Then he asked, have you been checking out Captora? Captara? Never even heard of that. I've been enjoying that and Howard the Duck a lot. Turns out Chip Zdarsky is a good writer, not just a good artist and a lecherous weirdo on Twitter. Don't know what that means. I, I got to get on that Twitter feed. I want to find out what's going on. I think he accidentally was looking at yours. You should consider a Zdarsky show where you review these two plus sex criminals. Whatever you decide to review, I am on board. So right there, Captara. Suck Never a little heard bit of harder that. there, Reggie. I actually, I, I don't read a lot of other books, but I always look through the reviews every week on Comic Book Roundup and kind of look to see yeah. things. I've never seen that. Neither I thought I. it said Zathora at first. Love Reggie the Reckless. There you we go. You that Dax Shepard in there, don't you? Dax, I hate Dax Shepard. Everybody hates Dax Shepard. He is the worst. He must have pictures of somebody or know where the bodies are buried or, or both. I don't know what he, he has pictures with somebody with the buried bodies. It's a weird place, Hollywood, Eric. Yo, we need a fucking Melissa McCarthy, Dax Shepard joint. Oh, God. oh that'd be so bad. They weren't in a movie together yet? Because that seems no like idea. it had to have happened. Oh, I hate both of them. Uh, speaking of which, they had the first picture from Ghostbusters released this week. Did you look at it? Yeah, I looked at it. Just looks stupid. They all look bored. You said that. Yeah, that one one woman who I don't know who it is, she just looks bored. They, yeah. all, look, they all look bored. Melissa McCarthy looks like she's got, like, three sandwiches in, in her pocket. She can't wait to get to them. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Did you watch the Ash vs. Evil Dead trailer? No, I didn't. And you I didn't did, watch it? No, I didn't get to see the um, Batman vs. Superman trailer either. Both amazing. Do they show any in-court scenes? Like, I yes. claim... You know that I was the first one to claim that. I don't know that. Was I? Yes, you do. I do not know that. You know that. I don't know I that. I said that like a week after the freaking movie was announced. I wasn't scouring the internet for everybody else, though. No, I don't know that I you know said that, that first. I know that you yelled at me. I said it's, there's going to be courtroom scenes. You go, that's ridiculous. And I said the V. The V's like a courtroom, you know. Roe Ro Yeah, you v own Wade. that V, baby. You own it. Roe V. Wade. God bless it. But both amazing. Keep it real. Keep it real up in the field, Eric. You I'm know trying. what time it is now? It's time for the books. About time. Well, these segues, these segues are awful, but we're going to do the books. Uh, in general, I'll just tell you, I usually ask you how your week of books were. Mine sucked. Mine sucked big time. They're still sucking. They're <laughs> sucking. They're the suckiest sucks that ever sucked. Ever done sucked. <sighs> Luckily, we start with you. You're going to start with the big book of the week, which is... 
Batman number 42, written by Scott Snyder, with art by Greg Capullo, Danny Mickey, and FCO Placencia. Placencia, Jim. Placencia. I hope that's how you say it. I, I don't care. While still dealing with being the Batman, Jim Gordon goes on to fight another superpowered nobody as he continues to get his stride. The whole focus of this book is about what Jim believes a Batman is supposed to stand for and how he'll enact that altruism. While the book really feels like a rerun of the previous issue, the parts that really stand out to me are when Jim Gordon really puts his detective chops <laughs> out of me. Cracking really, yourself up again. No, it's, I totally lost my line. <laughs> he pulls his detective chops out of nowhere and confronts Julia Pennyworth about her previously working with the original Batman. And, then, and when we find out that Bruce Wayne is very much alive when Jim Gordon goes to ask him for help at a rec center he's apparently working with now. With Duke Thomas. With Duke Thomas. He's just hanging out there. Just hanging out. He's a kid. He's at the rec center. He's fucking playing with action figures. I was yeah. kind of pissed off they weren't Imagine X, but whatever. Oh, I say this issue didn't wow me the way I'd really hoped it would. You know, I, I enjoyed the first issue enough, even though it's just, you know, Jim Gordon getting a stride, showing him he's out in the world doing his thing against energy monsters. I, shit, I guess. Yeah. But um, this whole mystery about Mr. Bloom giving superpowers to people that Gordon has put away in the past, it's not much to me. It's just. It's a big mystery that we open up with, but yeah. then we're forced to deal with the same things that we had in the last issue. He's fighting another superpowered nobody that he just happened to put away in the past. Um, I'm going to mention a thing I was going to say for last, um, what I was going to say about this book, but it's weird. Uh, when I said up until now, I, I'm, it's really starting to piss me off how the Bat family isn't reacting like I would think they would. Right. What about the villains? Like, where are all the villains? Don't you think at least one of them would have stepped up and said either? Like, I'm, take, I'm to the point where I think some of these villains would actually be offended at this Batman. It would have been a cool story where, say, uh, Rid- not Riddler. Who Bane. would it be? Bane or uh, somebody. I'm thinking of just Penguin. Any that basically calls out this Batman. Like, you're not Batman. I know Batman, like almost like they're offended. You know well, they're, I think like they're offended that this guy's pretending to be Batman, or is it that they just don't know? It it just comes off stupid with these villains. These villains are, I mean, not only is this villain Gigi Hung, yeah, from the Devil Pigs gang. Oh yeah, you know the Devil Pigs. That's Shit. bad enough. <sighs> then his superpower is he can manipulate the molecular structure of silicate, Eric. Yeah, it's okay, brother. The, that is stupid. I know. It's just, it, that is like the word. Is it just they don't want to waste a big villain in this book because. The next big villain's going to be Joker. Snyder's going to pull him yeah. back out. And that's what uh, he does. Again, I, I, that seemed weird. Also, that seemed weird is, is anybody questioning why Bruce is at this rec center? I'm questioning it. Well, you are. I'm saying the people working there, like this lady who's in charge. Don't you think at some I don't, point she Honestly, looks, once the doors lock at night, I think he's banging her. Did you see how that uh, look she was giving him? Yeah, she was giving him. She ain't questioning money. shit. And, like, and the funny thing is, is I think he even says something like, hey, you're the boss here. Like, you know, they have some crazy yeah. shit going on She later. thinks she's going to get rich, all right? Yeah. She ain't questioning nothing. No, no, I think somebody would have, you know, it doesn't matter about Batman itself, I'm saying just Bruce Wayne in general, that somebody would say, like, why, why are you here? Why are you doing this? What, you know, what, what Philanthropist. Happened? It's just weird. And, yeah, you told me earlier when you read this before I read it, they give him, they give Gordon this pretty cool, it's pretty cool bat truck. Yeah. 
And then he crashes it. <laughs> destroys it right away. <laughs> destroys it immediately. Then there's the side story about these seeds that are like a nuclear uh, reactor that, that are on all these villains that when they get taken down, they, they die before they get anywhere so that yeah. they can't talk. So and we can keep you, the mystery of Mr. Bloom going. Mr. Bloom. Mr. Again, Bloom. you're like, Mr. Bloom. Uh, really? Uh, I just... And then uh, you get Maggie Sore. She, she thinks that Gordon should quit. And you get stupid jokes about him with his bat nicotine patches that Barbara drew on <laughs> and his candy cigarettes. Really, the point of this is like Snyder just wanted to get all poetic with what does the Batman stand for? It's with, true. But, you know? I, again, though, I don't even really get that much See, in this. I either. can get behind it, though, but not when it's thrown into a pretty boring story that is just like yeah. the one we had last month. And I'll, I'll tell you. The I get it, Scott. It. You're deep. Move yeah, on. Well, that, I'm going to tell you this, and it's, it's odd because I had – I bitched and moan about him, but this is pretty much the most straightforward, boring story he's ever had. I, I, it just the the shock of this bat robot is gone, and there's nothing there. There's nothing at all. And I'm looking. Yeah, that lady is really. She, oh, he walks away, and she's looking over yeah. his shoulder at him. Oh goodness! It even looks like uh, on the corner there. There's a couple uh, drawn in uh, hearts. Yeah, almost like an Archie comic or something. Uh, why? Why do you think Gordon? I guess he can't. I don't know. Why is he hanging out in the supply in the closet? supply closet? Yeah. And how did he get there? He's Batman. He, he says it right Batman. there. Hi, um, I'm Batman. Yeah, you just reminded me. My favorite part was when Maggie's talking to him and he has that instant camo, so he can disappear into the shadows right away. I thought that was funny. Do you remember? Now, that? hold on. Now. At this final scene, though, when uh, Bruce Wayne opens the sto- supply closet and we see that freaking shadowy figure, and you have no idea who it is. Like, who are you? And the light comes on, it's Jim Gordon. It's all happy days at that point. He looks a lot like the Joker, even with that haircut. Yeah, well, obviously, that's that's what they. I think they were trying to. I know, make but it's it just odd to me. I I would never picture Gordon and myself looking anything like the Joker. No, and um, it's weird because. You look at the scene, too, and Bruce definitely didn't want to be found. You know what he should have done? Change I don't even name. know he's being... I don't know that he's hiding, though. Well, he he's not happy. Gordon's smiling. He's just looking at him like he wants to beat the crap out of him. And at what the fuck point, are you doing in my supply yeah. closet? I need to get yeah. some clay. Move yeah, out. He's like, look, it, I got to get this paint and some files because this lady wants to bang me. ATM, and, uh, dude. ATM. <laughs> ATM? <laughs> Holy moly. That's that. I don't know that Bruce would want to do that. I, I also hey Gordon, little DVD AP, huh? Uh, at this point, do you think that uh, Gordon has been successful as Batman? No. It, well, I'm he, saying, do well, you he think they'd have died. action figures of he him yet? He hasn't died. So, I don't yeah. think they'd have action figures of him yet. It's too soon. I'm sorry, I can't even get a Sinestro Cheetah two pack from also, fucking Imaginex yet. They're not getting a goddamn the, robot and, Batman. Uh, the robot Batman is uh, almost. It might be too soon. A Batman is dead. <laughs> They they and they've already released the new line of and who is releasing these the GCPD who would release these Fisher Price I don't know what, do they have the rights they, got, they, they have the well, rights then, well if they have the rights then Batman would have Bruce would have the rights and then he doesn't have to work in that rec center so I think it's bullshitter why would well, Bruce have the rights because he was Batman yeah but he's not telling people that shit he would have he would have done it through Batman Incorporated. That's been, that was shut down. It doesn't matter. He'd still have the rights. It doesn't matter if it's shut down. Freaking uh, Slash left Guns N' Roses years ago. He's still getting residuals. He's still <laughs> getting, he's still getting a, appetite for destruction money. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I would bet you that Bruce would have the rights through the Batman Incorporated, and he would be getting that money. When was the last time you were at Best Buy? Best Buy? 
Yeah. When I bought the mic that I'm talking into right now, probably uh, three I, I, ago. It's been a while, but I last time, like one of the last times I was there, I saw they had the Appetite for Destruction yeah. like uh, vinyl album there. Oh, dude. Oh, they have, yeah. they have like a little section of vinyl. They put. So How many people do you think are still buying vinyl Appetite well, for Destruction? What's, what's funny to me is that the vinyl remained like in a, a niche market, but it was all like punk. Yeah. And like that sort of thing. And like Nirvana, even, even that sort of deal. Uh, kept releasing things on vinyl. Your man Beck, yeah, I, uh, I know you do. I love Beck. Um, Appetite for Destruction. No, nobody's buying. <laughs> that is sitting there. That when that Best Buy is long gone, that's going to be in the landfill. I'm going to go buy some. We're going to get some turntables. We're just got some fun. <sighs> Would we have two turntables and a microphone? Maybe. Can I have a microphone as you well? You can have a microphone. I'll have both turntables. I'll do the. Uh, but I want to play too. <laughs> I'm sp- uh, my I'm Spoon James, and I'm here to say. <laughs> what did do you, you, do what? you have anything else to say with this book? No, I was going to say, what did, what did you get? Talking about two turntables, 6.5. I wrote here, I didn't even know what you gave it. I said I would have given it a 6. And uh, you know me, I used to go way over the top with the Batman scores. Now you yeah. have it, I can read it and just judge it for what it is. And what, what it, is, it is, Eric, is not a very good book yet. I really think it's a lot of pomp and circumstance and not a lot of substance. I'm still, I still dig the robot Batman, the chappy Batman, whatever you want to call yeah, him. Yeah, I like that. I, and again, I like it a lot in Detective Comics. I like that learning yeah. curve that we're getting, and I like Bullet because you get another voice. Like in um, Batman Superman? Yeah. No. No, because that's where we're going to now. <laughs> and I'm rolling up my sleeves right now. The gun show's in town, buddy. Batman yeah, Superman who's over? 22. Written by Greg Pak or Pak, depending on who you talk to. Art by Ardian Saif, Vicente Cifuentes, Blonde, Dean White, and Beth Sotelo. All a right. A lot of colorist on that. Um, and I mentioned, this is a weird thing, too. Um, a lot of colorists, uh, multiple colorists so far in this DCU. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Batman and Superman start the issue fighting each other, but if anyone says this is a good issue, they're going to have to fight me. This is my least favorite chapter of the true story, but also one of the most infuriating comics I've read in a long time. Things just happened for fuck's sake. Scenes transition out of nowhere, and the issue seems to be a contest of who's the biggest asshole, Clark Kenner, Jim Gordon. By the way, the winner is Jim Gordon. After Full begr- of shit. After begrudgingly teaming up, they head to the waterfront to visit Lucius Fox, who should be arrested immediately for housing a miniature son that could blow up half of Gotham. Also, he's a dick, too. By the time Ukar, it's like having a meth lab. By the time Ukar, the Beast Lord of Subterranea, oh yeah, Ukar? shows up, <laughs> sounds like He Man. I don't know what was going on. Actually, that sounds like Ukla from Thunder and the Barbarian. Or nice. Thunder the Barbarians. This unusual issue ends with Clark doing the right thing and Gordon totally fucking it up. Here we go. Oh. You liked it, didn't you? No, I did not like it. But you are completely off base with this Gordon shit. Oh, yeah? Gordon okay. is spot on. Clark is the biggest no, dickhead ever in this he's book. He's not. It's it's Gordon. First off, I'm absolutely you, not. It starts right off the bat. Um, Clark had sent out. Now, first off, in the back thing, what happened last the back issue? Thing. Well, the um, the backstory. The reason they start this fight is because. Clark shot off those missiles. Yeah, right dick into move, right. The, uh, yeah, that was a dick move. But he shows up, and there is Gordon, kind of giving you a little rundown. Again, it's for I guess somebody who hasn't been reading. Yeah, hey, um, catch up. But when he says, "As far as my sensors can determine, he's just a clown in a t-shirt," he is still Superman. Not no mo. And 
that is not something Gordon would be saying. That's not it, it is Gordon. when he rides I've in never, on a souped-up motorbike never, and shoots missiles in the no, cars. I've never heard Gordon ever put down people like that, and it, it just seemed to me it seemed so out of character. So then they start up. He tells him he's uh, arrested, whatever. That's okay. Yeah. But I just both of them are dicks and. At the beginning, he's like, you stole property. You mean this? And he has what is supposed to be, what do they say it is? Like a spear tip? Yeah. They say the spearhead. Did that look like a spearhead? It looked no. like a mini keg. <laughs> and then he just... It looked, like, it looked like one of those hugs. Yeah. That's what it was. It was a, a metal little hug. He throws <laughs> it over his back and it I blows up. I called when I was a kid. Yes. You know, he, he throws it over his head and it blows up. It blows up another car. No, it doesn't blow up. It actually blows in. It absorbs the energy of the fire. Well, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's weird because they don't really spell that out much. I was confused as shit. I had no yeah. idea what was going on. Yeah, I had to I really see, look into it. And it, it's weird because you're doing something in a comic that doesn't have motion. I know. So, yeah, I was, I'm, I'll admit it. I was confused. Now it makes a little more sense. That didn't skew any a bit of my review. But now <laughs> I realize that's why all of a sudden it's there. But they're there. Now, out of the blue, that's what they did. They're punching each other. Yep. He, it's absorbing an explosion. And then out of the blue, Clark just goes, hey, put it here, pal. <laughs> he goes to shake his hand. Because he's a dick. Yeah, well, in my review, I put that that was like Tom Brady. Tom Brady is well known <laughs> to be left hanging all the time because Batman does not shake his hand. Also, I don't know why this robot would shake his you know, I wouldn't want to shake a robot's hand anyway. I kind of want to shake RoboCop's hand. But then, then you go on and they have this conversation that is so bizarre because then he's like, I thought you were with Lex Luthor. Huh, would you be with Lex Luthor? <laughs> Hell no. I wouldn't team Hell up with no. you because you just wanna, stabbed yeah. Lex in the back. And, yeah, and he's like, I'm not going to be with you. you. You're a backstabber. Oh, and then all of a sudden, they're together. Well, they, it leads to that. But all this conversation goes down, and it really – and it, you think now, in this book, Clark does not think that Bruce is dead, right? I have no idea. He's still making jokes, though. He says to him, hey, the real Batman's got much cooler toys than that. That's yeah. pretty harsh for a You're guy right. Clark is an asshole in this he book. He is. You're right. But no, it, the end, the way this book ends, I don't care if Clark just said, hey, I know you're Jim Gordon. I just screwed Barbara and your ex-wife's a bitch. <laughs> Gordon's still worse. Because the, as it goes on, they go together. Now, out of the blue, they're tracing these the signatures of the energy that had, the people had that were trying to get him. The absorbed scones. Yeah, and the only but not, reason but not uh, the again, Yeah, the only reason I said that Gordon is involved is because uh, Clark then says, <laughs> Clark says, "Hey, you know what's going to happen? They're going to come after you next, and they'll know who you are and go after the ones you love." And he's like, "Oh no, Barbara!" So then he, they go together. So they yeah. go. They they're heading to the waterfront. Clark blackmails him. Yeah, Lucius <laughs> is there and has stolen tech that a guy made a miniature sun. Now, at one point, I think if this would happen, maybe he should have gotten a, a hold of Star Labs. That's where the scientists obtained kind unauthorized. Of. Well, it says kind of. one of our scientists obtained some unauthorized Star Labs tech and birthed it here by accident. Yeah, it's questionable. Yeah, it's questionable. Yeah, he totally should have notified somebody. Yeah, he but he's at least containing this okay, shit. Okay. Also, it's a miniature sun. I think if he was upset about this, now he has he has bad things and and. Uh, he wants to do with this thing, or they would have gotten rid of it, right? No, not bad things. He I, wants to power think, the city for a year. I think it's bad things. What the fuck are you going to do with the bad things? Bad. You going to make a death ray? Yeah. 
He's got, it's Lucius fucking Fox. I think that Batman would have known him. Bruce would have known about this beforehand. He would have never. And let he it trusts happen. Lucius. Yeah, maybe he does. I'll go with that with his freaking bow tie, like he's Louis Farrakhan. I hate that look. Whoa! What happened? Did you fall off your chair there? I almost knocked my laptop onto the ground. <laughs> yeah, I know you don't like that Louis Farrakhan. Jesus. <laughs> um, then. Uh, they go to see Lucius Fox, and then the best guest star in any book this week shows up, Eric. The Wrench. I was going to say The Wrench. The Wrench. The Wrench. He, Clark at one point just has The Wrench. I, where did he get The Wrench? He just picked it up. He's playing with it. He has it. He's looking. What? what is, he's never seen a wrench? No, and, I'm saying, though, he's depowered now. He wants a weapon. Well, that's true. Okay, I'll go with that. But then he throws it, and it bounces off of Batman. Again, <laughs> Robo the biggest Batman. dick in the world. Um, that right there. That issue, or that bit, was so cartoony and yep. out of nowhere that that threw me off. But before then, Lucius had to be a dick, and basically Superman's there. Superman's used to taking care of stuff. Sees this miniature son or whatever, and is like, hey, what's going on? And Lucius just blows him off. Like, hey, I don't even know why I even have to tell you anything. Seriously, then Batman, alien, like, get the Batman, fuck out like, of here. pushes him out. The guy, months before, it was the hero of the world. Now, nobody wants to even listen to him. He I, lied to us, Jim. He did. He lied then, to us. Then the, they said, Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they get attacked by a monster that's part of Ukar, <laughs> the Beast Lord of Subterranea. And that's when I said, what, is, what happened? What happened? This book, this, is the, this truth story is so crazy. And this issue makes no sense to me in the story. Oh, my goodness. And then he's swinging the wrench. He's hitting I, people with the wrench. I so wanted to go into this book loving it because you told yeah, me after I you told read you it. I hated it. You know, you told me that if oh, you yeah. like this book on the podcast, I'll come to your house and slice your throat. Yeah, I said I'd slice your throat because <laughs> uh, it's so bad. And uh, I'll tell you, I did like when Ukar, <laughs> he shows up. Pretty cool Pam. I'll give him yeah. that. Uh, nice color work there. Um, all of a sudden, Clark doesn't have the wrench. And out of the blue, Lucius has it in the distance. Do you remember yes. this? Well, what does Lucius do this whole fight? Do you, do you know what he does? He stands there with the wrench just looking at people. I don't know what That's he's what doing. That's what I would do, too. Yeah, I think I'd run. But, yeah, and this I'd run with and his monster, it's a good shout-out. It was part of uh, the Greg Pox Action Comics, a really, really good story. Oh, at least uh, it was something. I had no idea because well, I wasn't reading just, an Action like, Comics that point. Here it just comes off as silly. It really comes off as silly. So then... Like, you, we've already witnessed Clark's way of fighting. You punch people, and then you want to shake on it. And <laughs> he does the same thing again. He's yeah. fighting Ukar, and then all of a sudden he's just like, hey, if you were here, that means that you have some problems, and your people are in trouble. And he knows the people. He's, he's dealt with them, whatever. Yeah. So then, out of nowhere, he, he must be a very persuasive guy, because then Ukar almost starts crying. <laughs> And he's like, huh? And it's like, he's just about to say, you're right, Superman. I'm going to be with you. Yeah. And that's when Jim Gordon from behind hits him with his own staff and sends Ukar away, demanding war with the whole world. <laughs> and then Superman, or Clark's pissed, calls him an idiot, and then jumps into the crevasse to go down into As the subterranean. As it closes up. How the yeah. hell did that thing close up like hey, that? Yeah, that's Ukar's. You don't oh, know yeah, it's Ukar? Ukar? You don't no, know Ukar's I don't, I don't know Ukar off the top of my head. I would guess that he can just kind of hit things and uh, open up. He's the mole things. man of the DCU? Yeah. Yes, he is. And now all of a sudden you get a truth book where Superman has now jumped in and he's in the subterranean. And I, I'm telling you, this as a whole... Gotham Underground. As a whole, this this true story is is 
it's crashing into a wall already. Yeah. It is bad. It is. I don't care what anybody says. People on this, I gave it the worst. I gave it, I'll tell you. What was it? I don't know. Um, I gave it a 3.5 out of 10. I am definitely the worst. I would have given it a 5, uh, I'm I the think. the lowest of the thing. If you gave it a 5, Eric, you'd still be the lowest, I believe. Um, seven people reviewed this. Now, actually, I'm the worst with a 3.5. Uh, Ange from Super, Supergirl Comic Box Commentary gave it a 6. IGN gave it a 6.8. And we go all the way up to snappal.com with an 8, Eric. Clark is the 10. biggest dick I've ever seen. Like, he wasn't even this dickly when he was a young buck, like that uh, guy who won the eating competition oh, uh, in the beginning go. of Action Comics. Yeah. Um, I, I still think Gordon was it the biggest dick. Cause he, Absolutely not. He was spot on. No, Clark was about to cause everybody to have a, a truce. Gordon didn't know that. Gordon, yeah, he, he was just defending uh, a goes, goddamn son. Remember what he said, though? What? No, he, he said, I'm, uh, oh, I thought you were uh, just running distraction. Which makes sense to no, me. No, it doesn't because they never talked about any fighting. They no, never, but he never fighting. said, I'm going to do this. Up until then, all Gordon has done is pushed him aside and told him to shut his mouth. And all of a sudden, now he thinks that he's going to, you know, do plans. And again, uh, Clark was getting the crap kicked out of him right before that. What distraction? Yeah. Yeah. You know what the distraction was? He was being nice, which Gordon doesn't know how to do. No. This he, Gordon is not like him, the Gordon Superman in Superman being nice in this is, not, is so out of character, there's no, no way Gordon would have no, thought uh, that. We just, we just read or talked about Batman. And in that Batman, Jim Gordon's a nice guy. He's talking to people. He wants to know how people are. Not already. dealing with lying aliens. No, stealing the, Americans' jobs. Yeah, but this one, he would have... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he uh, he would have called out Julia Pennyworth and said that, uh, you know, she's a lying, backstabbing bitch. And he would have told everyone she would have been... Uh, he's friends with Batman. He don't know this alien. But again, they act like they have no idea that Batman was ever a friend of his. Uh, these people, especially Gordon, he he wants to know so much about how Batman worked and what he thought. Well, you know what? This is his best friend. I don't care what you say. It's his, it's Batman's best friend, and people know that they're part of the Justice League. They all this, and yet he treats him like a stranger that he has no idea who he is, and he treats him like a jerk. I want listener mail for next week. Who do you think was the bigger dick in this book, Clark or Gordon, or Eric, or Gordon? I don't. What do you want? Three, here? five out of ten. What did you say? A five? I think a five. It's still gonna come and slice your goddamn throat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, I didn't like it. And did you, Lucius? I thought was way off too. He seemed like a real. Yeah, guy. he's a bit off. That bow tie. Anybody with a bow tie. The Eleventh uh, Doctor had a bow tie, and he was awesome. Exactly. Bow tie and a fez. What's the next book? Justice League of America number two, written by Brian Hitch, with art by Brian Hitch, Danielle Henriquez. Is he the rightest? He's the rightest. Nice. <laughs> Andrew Curry and Alex Sinclair. With all the shit that was thrown at us in the first issue, I'm happy as hell to only be dealing with one thing here. The world gets introduced to Ral as prophets go across the globe to talk people about the Church of Latter-day Kryptonians while performing healing miracles. Superman gets all caught. Superman. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought we were still talking about Batman here for a second. <laughs> Superman gets all caught up in the hallelujah and he forgets to look for Wonder Woman, Flash, or Green Lantern. And Batman gets all paranoid as he puts Cyborg to the test to find a way to kill Ral if it comes to that. Let's pray it doesn't. Nah, who oh, am I it will. Yeah, <laughs> it totally will because oh, yeah. as the issue closed, we saw that Wonder Woman and pieces of the Shattered Olympus are in a dark void. It doesn't look like Ral is willing to share worshippers. I am so ha- like I said there. I am just so happy that I was not given comic book overload this w- month. Yeah, you got, <laughs> I think it was nonsense overload though. Eric. 
a nonsense. It was actually a perfectly written story. Perfect. Perfect. You know, it was, uh, you know what I, I laughed? Does Cyborg ever shut the hell up? Guy's the blabbermouth. He's always yapping. He, spent, he of, spent the last couple of years just sitting on the watchtower by himself. He wants that, to have a conversation oh every he's now made, and again. He's making up for it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like this issue. You, you really pushed this issue on me like it was going to be the freaking greatest thing since sliced bread. And I, I know how much you bread. hate reading. I know. Um, it wasn't that. A couple things. I did like it. I didn't like it as much as you. Um, a couple things that, that bothered me. Um, when the prophets are the, what did they call? Are they called prophets. the prophets of yeah. Rao? When they go to talk to Aquaman, and they talk about Poseidon and Aquaman Pishposh. Nobody believes in them anymore. He, there's, a, there's a god on the team. Wonder Woman is the god of war. Yeah. Wonder Woman knows Poseidon. <laughs> Why is he saying that? That really threw me off. Because God don't listen no more, Jim. God I guess don't listen. That, that's the, my main issue. That's, it'll tell you that I did like the issue. That's probably my main issue. But it really came off Really? That's odd. your main issue? Well, I'm saying that was the thing that bothered me the most because it really threw the whole <laughs> mythos of Aquaman and the Justice League out the window. I thought, he's like, I thought your main issue was the freaking Lois' story. Oh, well, I had that, but I didn't want to talk about that. She can't. Okay. She has a freaking, I don't know, grammar problem. I'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, when this prophet around talking to me, he's like, Poseidon, nobody believes in him anymore. <laughs> Wonder Woman probably talked to him last week. Then <laughs> again, I'm thinking, okay, as I read that, as I'm going down, I'm like, uh, okay, this is a different deal. The Justice League of America's out of the continuity thing, whatever. And then later on, it actually mentions that Wonder Woman is the god yeah. of war. And then she ends up in uh, Olympus, though yeah. it's ripped apart. So I don't know what I don't know what Aquaman's playing, what game that guy's playing down there. I'm too busy for your odd. fucking god nonsense. Yeah, All right, you I, talk to these people if you want. I got actually, shit to do. If you want to tell me that it's almost like when the Jehovah Witnesses come and knock on the door, and then you just make up anything to get them out. But that's the worst. He's going the wrong way. Sorry about my Mimo. Yeah, when your Mima came to my house, she said, hey, do you have uh, the Lord uh, in your heart? And I'm like, no. Jehovah. I, uh, Jehovah. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm not that religious. That's the worst way to go. <laughs> if you go, hey, I'm Jewish, then they leave you alone. They're not going to try to convert you from that. Um, though, I do. Now, hold up for a sec. You read all of Wonder Woman, correct? Yeah. Was Poseidon in that? Yeah, I believe he was. I actually, See, I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah, trying to think back here. Um, I don't remember ever remember seeing Poseidon in these books. Well, again, though, there's the whole pantheon of gods. Oh, I know. So it's not even if Poseidon wasn't there. You think that Aquaman's like getting technical with them, and that's why. <laughs> so, but <bunch of> <laughs> he's like, I don't. We don't believe in those gods. Oh, really? I thought that uh, Wonder Woman's actually the god of war right now. Uh, I didn't hear that. I don't he, pray like, to her, away. though. Calm down. Yeah, he doesn't. I think he does. There. <laughs> but I yeah, pray she, that she it is funny, bed. too, because like you said, Superman, is, it's almost as if uh, Axl Rose has shown up to continue our uh, Guns <laughs> N' Roses. Because if Axl Rose would show up anywhere, like in a mall, people would still worship him, right? No. No? Absolutely With his cornrows that he has now, and he's That's gained like terrible. seven... 75 pounds, can't sing anymore. Uh, just say it was Justin Bieber. I don't know. But that's how Superman's acting for this oh, while. Yeah. And it's weird because at the beginning I even thought to myself, well, he wouldn't know him. And then they explain it. He explains yeah. it very well. I like that. Um, I'm going to say uh, one thing, though, that really makes me laugh was uh, Bruce had another one of his moments in this book that may be one of the greatest moments that he's ever had because I don't care what you talk about. 
he's always going to bring up his parents. He always <laughs> does. And I, it's so There's good. prophets going to go around oh and save criminals. Goodness. Just let them die. I thought it was really actually off character a bit. It, that's what, It was terrible. It was so good, though. He's, they're talking about religion, right? And the prophets and how yeah. the prophets, you know. They're going, they're going to hospital after hospital, saving everyone, mm-hmm. criminals and normal folk alike. Yeah. And he doesn't like it, does he? What if they would have gone and saved Joe Chill? He, oh, my, out of nowhere. And it, the funny thing about He killed it my is, parents, Alfred. He, he's saying it to Alfred, which makes it even funnier. Uh, I'm trying to look at You the, need to the, move on, sir. Oh, my God. I think he would. He just, like... Listen, let's let's just relax here. Uh, you need a sandwich, something. But um, the other thing that I found funny is that Hold up. Superman. Well, we're still on Batman, though. Okay. This is just funny to me because this is such a darker Batman to me because Batman is going to kill fools, all right? Not yeah. only has he come up with his own ways to kill Superman, he's collected a database of ways that people have yeah. tried, planned, or just thought about well, to again, kill Superman. It, it's like the uh, Tower of Babel, the Superman, yeah. uh, just like doomed, like the nth degree. Yeah, <laughs> if anybody, he's like when they, they say like the NSA is, to anybody who types terrorist yeah. into the, the internet, they have it. He just, anything Superman, kill, Wonder Woman, dead, whatever. Collect. They, they are on, yes, gather. Here it is. It's like, hey, cyborg, make yourself useful. Go sip through these, see if there's anything viable. Yes. Uh, here's what happens. Alfred's all all happy. He's like, it's remarkable, Master Bruce. <laughs> Raoul and his people, they're saving everyone. And then he's like, yeah. And the, this is Bruce's reaction before. Thieves, criminals, rapists. The world would be better if they died. Sir, like, did you oh, prepare this speech? Like, oh, my goodness, Bruce. And they're like, listen, the Bible talks about the kindly, a kindly and forgiving God, Master Bruce. Perhaps this Raoul is cut from the same divine cloth. Gods, Alfred, we have a poor history, them and me. Who was God being kind to when my parents were murdered? It's you, so Master funny. Bruce. It's you. Like he, I could see him playing like Monopoly and be like, you know who lost my parents when oh. they met Joe Chill. Hold on. Hey, Master Bruce, who do you want to be? Like, what piece do you want to be the, the top at? Just like my dead father used to wear. <laughs> the car, uh, yes. just like my dead mother used uh, to drive. It's, all, it's everything. Oh, Jesus. You see Christ. that thimble, Alfred? Or they're like, okay, uh, uh, come on, Bruce. Let's let's get the clue out. We're going to play cool. Uh, who did? Joe Chill. <laughs> In the alley with a gun. Behind the but theater. A, but Bruce, that's not one of the things. It was actually Colonel Mustard. God damn you. I told you it's chill. It's oh. always chill. <laughs> no, as much as we're making light fun. of this, though. It's not re- fun. I did like this book. I did. Um, I thought it was funny. It really shows the trust that the world has to Superman because, man, there is not a, a worse idea than to gather every major political figure in the world in one spot with an alien that you have no idea who he is. Yeah. And they do it. Um, it was weird. I thought it was funny how the other religious leaders didn't show up. I, I liked it. I did so like I. it. Um, I didn't like... Just hope they never find out Bruce uh, Clark's identity because they're not going to be a trust him like that anymore. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, I didn't like the shout out to George Lucas. I thought that was nonsense. They had a shout out to I don't recall this off the top of my head. Don't you remember that? They're there and Rouse, uh he's above them and the the spaceship. He's like, this is like God meets George oh, Lucas. Yeah, yeah that no, that's no. like such a, a you know a grab at trying to you know be cool. And it's not. I imagine I'm witnessing a living God in front of me. I'm not going to make fucking Star Wars references. Yeah, yeah. I like to be cool at all, but holy shit. That would've, I would have slapped you one. Now, if you said, I don't know, if you said, hey, 
that row reminds me of that Ulysses from the last arc of Superman. Yeah, I can see that. Then, then I'd be like, you know what? You got some there, Eric. Oh, uh, yeah. He's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little geeky on you here now. We talked about this earlier in the week, but uh, at first, Rao came off to me to be a bit like Jasmine from Angel Season 4. Do you remember Jasmine from Angel Season 4, the yes, Buffy spinoff? Yes, yes. You, you, you watched it? Buffy spinoff. No, I'm just agreeing with you so you move you on. son of a bitch. I do know Angel, though, but I See, just didn't watch it. When she came to Earth as a god, anyone who looked upon her fell in love with her instantly, and that's okay. how I thought this book was originally going to go. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but no, he seems to just have an aura of love around him that people seem to fall in love with something. Exactly. I, and, but later on, it seems like other people are hesitant, like other religious leaders and shit like that. Yeah. But by the end, when we saw that uh, Wonder Woman and the uh, Olympus were in this dark void, yeah. it was kind of like the Ori from Stargate SG-1. Mm-hmm. Huh? You, huh? You lost me. I, yeah. They didn't I like wish, playing with worshippers either. I wish either. that you were around because now I wouldn't be blind with the, your freaking stupid references. That's the other one where the guys uh, – now I can see. What's that? Watch some TV, all right? Now, I'm not going to justify your stupid references. <laughs> uh, they're terrible. They're terrible. You know what this reminded me of? It reminded other people me of read Superman and it reminded me of Rao and Batman is miserable and then at the end, Superman is so taken. I think that's why I think he's being influenced by the aura of Rao. Yes, that's what and I initially thought. Because I still think so. Because when Rao leaves, that's when he remembers, oh, holy shit, Wonder Woman, freaking Green Lantern and Flash. It's I, I got to find he, him. It's not even that. He doesn't even say, I have to go find him. You know what? He prays to them because, yeah. hey, it's been a busy week. I really mm-hmm. hope you don't. Are it is funny. It's I like come look for you. He's too tired. Yeah. He's like, boy, I worked overtime this week. I know you guys went missing. We're supposed to be BFFs and all. Next but thing you know, there's, there's a god around. Next thing, Barry's off on uh, on Oa, listening to Cats in the Cradle and crying. Well, in the last <laughs> issue, <laughs> he's like, the, Where, "Where's my Superman?" I don't know. I, I just imagine we'll, we'll jump back to Barry and Hal after going through that wormhole that got mm-hmm. fucked up somehow. And now there's a fly. There's some terrible conjoined twin monster. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> they'd be like those twins that were on Maury, those girls. The sexy ones? Had, yeah. Whatever <laughs> you say, buddy. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're sexy. Um, the art still suffers a bit in this book, but yeah. I, I think it was a little bit better than last issue. Um, did you like Barack Obama in this issue? Yes, I did. You know, I told you that that bothers me to all ends when they have actual like presidents and, and people in books. But yep. I, didn't, I didn't mind it this time because it just was there. It, it, they didn't have to point it out. Bet you wouldn't mind if Axl Rose showed up. Axl Rose there with that headband, the freaking, those bike shorts I think he used to wear. Getting in fights with everyone, showing up three hours late for concerts like a real dickhead. I'm going to end this review up, though. Friggin', I hope this uh, series continues to stay this strong because it really reminds me of the Just Sleep books I used to read when I was a teenager. Yeah, it's fun. You know, um, I like it. We always point out crazy stuff. Yeah, have Um, a good time. Yeah, but it, it was a fun book. And I, like you said, the art wasn't great. Actually, I wouldn't even say it was a fun book. But I it, was, it was fun. It was on point, and I really enjoyed the story that freaking uh, Brian Hitch was telling. It was on point, was it? Yeah. It was on uh, point, motherfucker. I love the, the cliffhanger, and I also love the art of the cliffhanger, because I don't know. That last panel, did that kind of come off to you as like an old comic look? Yeah. yeah. It even had like a little bit of a different coloring that made it look like an old school deal. And that might be one of the things I liked, because of like when I'm reading from a teenager. Yeah. I liked it. Um, 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, um, I put in my notes. I probably would have given it about a 7.5, actually. Oh. And I'm not I'm not saying that it was bad. I liked it. It just, there was a couple things that fell off to me. 
but I liked it. Next, uh, my dead parents. <laughs> that was so good. I the guy just can't get over it. Jesus Christ. Whew. Seriously, anything that happens, he brings them up. It did remind me. I actually, if I did the review of this, I probably would have put that that meme of him slapping Robin, <laughs> and he'd be like, "Hey, I love that row. My parents are dead. You son of a bitch." Uh, you know who else is a son of a bitch? Who's that, baby? Ryan Clark. That guy is trying to start a freaking internet war with you. No, he's not. Reggie is. is. Ryan's going with it. Speaking of what I hope, I hope that Ryan mentions his podcast. He has a podcast, and I always, he he mentioned this before, and I asked him about it, and it kind of went on hiatus for a little. Right. He wanted to revamp it. Now it looks like it's back. It looks like it's on episode two. Oh, shit. I don't know anything about it. I don't know why he's not sending us stuff. He, you know, I, maybe he thinks that we'll be offended. I don't know. Freaking Dan, he won't shut up about his thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ, singing around. I, Dan has gone dark. Uh, he has not put up a post on his site. He hasn't. Have, I don't know. When do you think really seriously? I'm not joking right now. When was the last time you think in months that he put a review on our site? Oh, shit. I don't know. He, he probably mentions, about it, he mentions it on, the, on the, the, his segment every week. I don't that, think he does this week. He shouldn't. I think it's been a year. It has to be a year. I don't know if it's been that long. It has, I think well, it was since December, possibly. He definitely hasn't done one in 2015. No. Clean and mean in 2015, as they say in the hood. Nobody says that. I think they do. My man Lorenzo. What's Ryan um, reviewing this week? Ryan is going to throw down uh, the gauntlet. The gauntlet. <laughs> and he is doing Vampirella and the Army of Darkness crossover. Um, I didn't write that sounds anything awesome. about I don't this. Know. You know that I usually have a little thing to say about these books. And yep. I, all I wrote was Vampirella slash Army of Darkness. Who do you think does that book, Eric? Dynamite. Uh, Dynamite, you think? Yes. Okay, because I'm looking for the review right now. And <laughs> there it is. Vampirella Army of Darkness by Mark, Mark Rayner and Jeff Morales. Eric, that was a three ninety nine book that came out on July 8th, 2015. Get the Ryan. Uh, just one little last thing. There is a funny cover that Vampirella is dressed in her inappropriate garb, as always, that used to get me going as a kid. And me as this well. Book, a kid? Shit. Yeah, really? This book was reviewed seven times, Eric, besides Ryan, who's going to do it now. And I'll tell you, they range from a nine all the way down to a two. Ooh. I'm wondering. Usually Ryan picks books that he likes, and I've not heard I, him I think he's picking one. this just to fuck with me. I think he, you know, he did. Um... The worst one is he wanted to do Star Trek Green Lantern crossover, right. and I told him not to because we'd be talking about it, and we Which are we not. will not. So he'll probably be pissed at me like I set him up. But I did say, hey, if you do Vampirella Army of Darkness, it'll be funny because you can rip into Eric. Um, I, I don't like that. <laughs> I just wonder what this My is. My feelings. This is, he has done reviews probably since that episode he was on, right? Or was it like uh, one skipped or whatever? So it's, I think it's up to like 23 or 24. And I do not think he's badmouthed any book yet. I don't think he's given a bad review on any. I think that's going to change. Though he loves that horror crap like you. Yeah, it's good times. Well, let's go right to him. Let's see what he's to be, me talking about it. Let's go to Ryan and see what he says. We'll put it on the uh, Children Shouldn't uh, Podcast of Dead Things. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Take it away, Ryan. Hello, and welcome to another rousing weekly edition of The Other Side, your only place for non-DC Comics reviews on the all-DC Comics Weird Science DC Comics podcast. 
I am your host, Ryan Brightest Daycare Clerk, and I bring to you this week a book from Dynamite Comics, uh, Vampirella Army of Darkness Number 1 by Mark Rauner and Jeff Morales. Uh, this book is a crossover that really threw me for a loop at first, uh, but one that really feels quite natural for these two properties to intersect. You have a dopey but handsome, charismatic chainsaw and shotgun wielding hero versus a sexy, sultry vampiress. Uh, it's almost like the creators are looking for an in for one of these properties prior to a big revival for that proper... Oh, wait, isn't the Ash vs. Army of Darkness series premiering this fall? And didn't the first official trailer just drop this weekend at San Diego Comic-Con? So it's really no big shock that this book is coming out now. Uh, the issue really reads like a bit of revisionist history on the movie Army of Darkness, with it being interrupted um, by Ash meeting a hot lady vampire. Uh, I really liked seeing uh, the Army of Darkness story kind of being built upon here from a little different uh, different angle with Ash sort of the night before all the things start happening in Army of Darkness kind of being this um, sloppy, drunk foreign entity in this castle, not yet being the proven chosen one by, uh, and you know, trying to make his moves on any hot wench in sight, uh, but especially Sheila. You know, you know how he likes Sheila. Um, the book really looked to me like an Army of Darkness story, so it was nice to see that Jeff Morales really put in the effort, and has probably spent as much time as I have watching the Evil Dead films, you know, for, for research and educational purposes, not because I'd watch it, like, once a week through high school and well on into college as well. Um, but that's neither here nor there, really. Uh, the book had a really solid voice for the characters, which I really enjoyed, and it really felt like it was Bruce Campbell delivering those lines which is, is always good. It's always good when the creators can really find uh, an honest, a truthful voice for the characters. Uh, in this, I would have liked to have seen some more violence from the issue, uh, because both of the title characters really make no bones, <laughs> pun intended, about the bodies that they leave in their wake. So it would have been nice for uh, a wall or two to end up thoroughly blood-splattered by the end of the issue. Uh, beyond that, I don't have a lot of negative things to say about it, because it was a lot of fun uh, to read this issue, and we got to see the meet-cute moment between Ash and Vampirella, and it went about as well as you would expect. Uh, it even had Vampirella playing a, a bad game of telephone with one of Ash's best lines, uh, Vampirella's wandering through the halls of the castle, and she stumbles upon another knight who co-opts Ash's line and says, Wouldst thou proffer me a portion of the sugar? And so she kills that knight, and when she runs into Ash, all, all she ends up saying is, instead of, Give me some sugar, baby, she is a more aggressive and sexual to Ash and turns and looks at him and says, do you want sugar? And like, whoa, that that is loaded with innuendo. And, and it was great. It was a really fun moment that then led to a much less fun moment because they realized that he's the monster hunter and she's the monster. 
so it's it's not going to be quite as as much naughty time as you might expect when a woman offers you her sugar. Uh, I like this book a lot. It was a fun to read horror comic, and hopefully um, this book doesn't end up another one of Eric Shea's reviews this week because I'm running out of original material to talk about on here. Um, now, if you are Eric Shea or anyone who enjoys horror comics or any fun uh, horror comics like this, uh, you should really check this book out uh, because it is totally worth your time. Speaking of things that are worth your time, just this last week I launched a new website and podcast. All of my future written reviews are going to be posted at brightestdaycare.com. I've got to keep that brand ubiquity going, everything Brightest Daycare all the time. As well, I launched a podcast. The second episode is already up this weekend. I've got it up on iTunes. If you search for two words, Brightest Daycare, it's really the only one out there, and you can listen to those um, either through my website, they're up there to stream, or you can download from iTunes as well. Uh, I also have pages up on Facebook, Google+, and Tumblr, and you can always catch me tweeting at BDC Comics. If there are any books I'm not reviewing that you want to hear about on the other side, you can reach out to me at any of the aforementioned sources, or you can email me directly at brightestdaycare at gmail.com, and I will try to work in any suggestions into my segments. You can just ask Reggie. I follow through when people make suggestions to me. So I will uh, be back here in seven days, and I will catch you on the other side. For that arrogance, I shall see you dead. <laughs> Yeah. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. It's a 12 gauge double barreled Remington, S Mart's top of the line. You can find this in the sporting goods department. That's right, this sweet baby was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Retails for about $109.95. It's got a walnut stock, cobalt blue steel, and a hair trigger. That's right. Shop smart. Shop S-smart. You got that? And we're back, Eric. There it was. Fight on. I don't know what you want from me. I haven't listened to it yet. Neither have I. We haven't got it yet. So I'm <laughs> sure he's going to badmouth you. Are you going to uh, end up reviewing that, Vampirella or no. of Darkness? I didn't think he was. I have a full load right now of shit I'm doing. So. <laughs> a full load? Yeah. Now we're going there again. This is why we're an explicit podcast. A full load you have. What are you going to do this week on Just for the Hell of It Mondays on the site? Puppet Master number two. Puppet Master number two. I might go back and read one and two. I read four. I really liked it. Yeah, one through three were good. Were they? Were they really good? To a degree. Okay. Well, the next book, or the first book of this segment that we're going to do, was okay as well. It was Justice League United Number 1, written by Jeff Parker, art by Travel Foreman, and Jeremy Cox. Jeremy Cox is a friend of the site, Eric. So don't badmouth the colors. 
This was my most anticipated book of the week, and after reading it, I'm a little confused, but a little excited as well. While it took me a couple of readings, I think the story is what I wanted out of Convergence. Adam Strange is inside the Zeta Beam, where he's discovered breakers, anomalies that, if not fixed, will force themselves into our reality and destroy all space and time. Each anomaly calls for a group of heroes and villains with a particular set of skills. Skills they have acquired over a long career. <laughs> this issue, we get Poison Ivy, Swamp Thing, Mara, and Etrigan, along with the Equinox, fighting a giant pyramid of blood, guts, and teeth. It all ends up with it eating Swamp Thing, which may be the first key to saving us all, I, but I don't know. I really don't know. No idea. It looked like a giant vagina ate Swamp Thing. It, it was weird. Um, I'll just, what did you think of this? Well, did you read the Dark Tower series? No. I did not. I'm not a Stephen King fan. This is very reminiscent to me of that. Is it? They even had things called breakers in that where that were destroying the beams that were going to destroy reality. Okay, well, then that sounds a lot like it. I know, right? Well, so, did you like the Dark Tower series? I love the Dark Tower did series. Did you like this issue? I thought it was okay. I need more info. Yeah, that's what I had. And I even said to you, I, after reading it a couple times, I liked it more than what I had on the site. I actually, if anybody read my review on the site, I apologize. I was very tired that night. <laughs> and it may, it may not have been my greatest review. I wanted to get it up, but I also, I was confused. And this and is your I, first JLU story? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I get this. And in fact, at first, just it even took me a bit to even realize that was a... Uh, uh, Adam Strange? Yeah, Adam Strange. I'm like, wait a second. Then I'm like, okay, I get it. So each time I read it, I got a little more. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big dummy. Um, then I realized, then I realized that this is very similar to what I told you I wanted out of Convergence. Where the Dark I said, Tower? No, I don't know the Dark Tower. So this is what you're getting. I wanted Convergence to be where there was anomalies in time that had to be fixed, such as uh, Lois, Lois, and Superman not having a baby. Stuff like that, where yeah. they wanted to have these stories, and there would be a group of heroes that possibly the Monitor had grabbed and made go- whoever would grab him and say, listen, even Brainiac. Brainiac wants the, the universe to continue so that he can continue. So he grabs a bunch of heroes and sends them off in time to different time spans, different universes, alternate realities. Et cetera, et cetera. He yeah. switches. And this is kind of what you're going to get here. It looks like Adam Strange is inside the Zeta Beam. Why? It, was, was that explained no, in the just- end? No, not at all. That's what I don't understand. I remember from JLU before Convergence, uh, Adam Strange and Alana were like uh, zapping back and forth between where they were because there was a messed up part of the Zeta Beam. Well, and it's weird because at first I was like, "Oh, he's got." They know he's there. They 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 know the information about these anomalies. I don't. It's I not don't understand how he's talking. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A lot of the stuff with the Adam Strange inside the Zeta Beam doesn't make much sense yet. I'm guessing that, of course, we're going to get more. Yes. Um, basically, what this issue is, is them gathering this group to fight a crazy monster, and then you're going to get the next month's story, which will be resolved with what Inclusion. happened with Swamp Thing and that sort of thing. So it's very much like Convergence again. Yes. They, they, they spelled this book out as a reaction almost to Convergence. So if we find out that the Zeta Beam's messed up because of Convergence, doesn't explain it. I'll go with it. I I don't really – that won't bother me. Um, I don't know. I've never known – I've never really thought of the Zeta Beam reaching off time and space. I, I, you know, it it's a teleportation like in, machine. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. It seems like because they really did spell out that Convergence continues in Justice League United where we get these. and It, it yeah, is yeah. connected. So I'm, oh, I'm thinking that that's going to go. The, the thing – I like the idea of these teams. 
I like seeing things. I think that Poison Ivy was pretty good in this one for all you Poison Ivy fans. Out Honestly, there. I was going to tell Ivy. you, I really liked her here. Yeah, I liked her a lot because she was the only one who really ha- seemed to have a reaction like, what the, what's going on? I, I shouldn't yeah. be here. And I like that. Everybody else just went with her like a bunch of dummies. Well, that's what I'm saying. Even Etrigan, which he didn't rhyme, Eric. I like rhyming and stealing Etrigan. What's he doing <laughs> just talking? It'd be like if Bizarro showed him. He's like, you know what? We should go there. And then everybody would be confused. Like, does he mean does, it for does he real? Want us to go there? He doesn't want us to go there. Etrigan's that, like... That was pretty like, articulate there, Bizarro. Yeah, really. Well, Etrigan's like, look over yonder on Mountain's Break. We better go there. Wait, wait a minute. No, Etrigan. What, what's going on? Would you lose your rhyming dictionary? You are the laziest rapper ever. Oh, my God, he is. He's the original rapper in my mind, and he just went downtown. <laughs> He's like kid and play, Eric. No, he, he is not. He freaking went down. It's House Party 7, Etrigan's Revenge. Pajammy jammy jam. <laughs> I don't, but I really like seeing the team get together. I really do. They're getting the band together. And what did you read the part I told you when they're on uh, a mission from God? When Animal Man goes and gets Mara is the funniest to me because she keeps saying that she she's like, oh, I miss, I gotta find Aquaman. I can't find Arthur. Where is he? I miss him. And then out of nowhere, Animal Man seems to go. You know what? People often confuse me with Aquaman. You're like, missing what, Aquaman what, for any you, certain reason. Yeah. I'm like, I've been you, confused for him from time to time. And then he, she's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you could, uh, you know, go, uh, what am I saying, measure up to Arthur. Next thing you know, he turns into a horse, Eric, and all hell breaks loose in, in freaking Atlantis. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Uh, I like where your head's at. Let's go with this. <laughs> oh, suddenly he's a donkey. Who? But yeah, you get a Star Girl for about two seconds, which makes me laugh too because they kind of push Star Girl as like the a the leader of the team almost, book. you know. And she just goes to Louisiana, gets swamp thing, and again, one of my I, favorite parts of the book, though, is it? It's yeah. so straightforward to me that swamp thing. She goes there, it's like, hey, you got to help us. I'm not going to help you. Hey, tap into the green because there's trouble. Oh yeah, there's trouble. I'm off. He goes. No, it's, mostly I like it because of, she just shows up in Louisiana. She's told the swamp thing lives in a swamp in Louisiana. This goes and starts blasting into the swamp, yeah, and then hey, uh, swamp thing, if you're here, we need some help. And all of a sudden, yep. he's a giant monster behind her, and she freaks out, screaming. It, it made me laugh. I don't know. What I, you I like Star Girl. I so actually, what? I think the best was Poison Ivy. Mm-hmm. And I liked it because Batgirl didn't get her girl there. Batgirl shows up. Now, another thing that's That's strange, what I want to see in Batgirl, though. That's the problem. Well, the other thing that's strange about this is that in, in, next issue was a resolution of this. The next issue is Batgirl's in it. Batgirl is in the team. So I guess my, I'm hoping that she's just, like, depressed that she didn't get Poison Ivy. But Poison she's Ivy's on a, a drug mission. dealer. She's going dra- to track her down. Poison Ivy's a drug dealer. It happens. <laughs> I know. It was okay. Uh, but they get her. Alana goes. They boom out of there. And then my favorite little intro was Jason Blood slash Etrigan. Well, he is in Armenia. And obviously all he has to do is that's the only rhyme that he'll do in this whole book. Yeah. Um, and if he does that, he turns in Etrigan. What is it exactly? Gone, 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 form, gone, gone man. form of man. Here comes this badass Etrigan. Isn't that it? Yeah, something like well, that. Well, Equinox goes and gets him. He's getting attacked by the undead, and one has his hand clamped over his mouth so he can't say anything. I Might like be that. the evil dead. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, actually, I even got that. Uh, he knows Equinox, which was weird, but he explains that. It's, I actually really like that, too. Yeah, he's, there, he's I'm saying doing this his book homework. is very weird to me because I like a lot of parts, but as a whole, it's just an end. Eh. Yeah, I'm telling you, uh, it's weird. It is a weird book. Um, it's weird coming out of the gate. It's also coming in a week. And a month where we've already gotten our setup issues last month, so it might kind of fall into a weird 
place where all of a sudden Not for Green Lantern. Well, yeah. Well, you're getting some stories going, and now all of a sudden this shows up, and I have no idea what's going on. I really don't. I know the concept. I don't know if I like it yet. Um, I'm really it, afraid. It wasn't that, enough setup. They just threw us. Well, in the that's pond. the problem. I'm really afraid that next issue resolves this, and then we start all over again with the next team. You yeah, two issues. Start all over again with the next. And then team. the earthquake happens. Yeah, really. I don't even know what you're talking about. Convergence, man. Convergence. Uh, oh, the earth. Oh, yeah. The earthquake. Yeah. Jesus, get on the trolley, man. Sorry. And then there's going to be a. Spent two I'm, months talking about the earthquake on the, I know, on the podcast. I know. I forgot about it already. I've washed my mouth out of uh, that convergence taste. Watch that, out, Reggie. You might slap it out that's there. That's right. He's going to slap that taste out of my mouth. Uh, the Do you think this book's going um, going to last? No. You don't? Uh, well, I don't know. I and you know, know what? I'm going to. They have, they have correct, this planned. I have to correct myself. Earlier, I, I think I did spell it out as Justice League United One. I think it's eleven. I don't know why I wrote one. I'm looking back at this. Um, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, why I'm asking you is because I could see this crossing over with the Telos book eventually, yeah. but it's got to last. It's got to last a bunch of months. Uh, I think it'll last that long, and then I'm I'll, saying if we're going to say that like fifteen thousand copies sold is like the cutoff point. It yeah. will not get down that far. No. Well, there's too many Lobo. fun characters. And even Lobo last month, which was an awful book, got 19. Yeah. And that was the lowest one. So, yeah, I think it's going to be safe for a while. Like you said, there are fun characters. People are going to grab this because. And I'll has... be interested to see how the sales are for each different set of uh, team members. Oh, yeah. You think that it'll change like up yeah. and down? Like all of a sudden you have this one where somebody's like, oh, I see uh, Poison Ivy on the cover. Exactly. The Poison Ivy League just it. gobbled this shit the up. Poison Ivy League. I don't like the Poison Ivy League. Nobody does. Shut up. I, I just, get us. I just, I don't know. And you know what? You like the cover. This was a news story of ours a <laughs> couple weeks ago. Maybe even last week. Um, but they changed the cover. They have this new cover. I don't know that this cover is going to serve this book well. Because now that I'm looking at it, I Adam the man's screaming for some reason. Uh, Adam the man's screaming. He's got toads on his uh, frogs. Why on did his she thing. reject me? I look and like Aquaman. You know who's not on the cover? Who? Poison Ivy. Neither uh, is Swamp Thing. Neither is Etrigan. It's Alana, Equinox, Star Girl. That's about That's it. The, it's the JLU team. It's the JLU. But if you're what you're saying is you're wondering if these things, people aren't going to just. I'm telling you, you think the cover looks good, even though I sent it to you months ago. <laughs> you said it looked like shit. Well, it grew um, on me. What do you want? But I look at this cover and it does not jump out at me as a way that gets me into buying the issue. It is a neat cover. I do. I like want. I'm telling you, I want you to go to that shitty ass comic shop we have, and I want you to see it on the shelf. I think it would jump out at you. Mm-mm. I don't think so. It's, this, uh-uh. No, it's oh. too. It's too um, abstract. I think to actually just grab me. And that's why it'll jump out at you. And I wouldn't go to that goddamn comic shop anyway. That guy would probably. I'd go over to the DC wall, and the guy would. Try shooting me or something, or just make fun of me. Yeah. Should hurt even more. Uh, yeah, I like the art in this. I um, did not. Don't you? That was the biggest drawback. Oh, to the really? Issue I, I, I didn't mind the art. art. I like the art. Um, I just at the end, like you said, what I didn't know, I was confused, and then what I did know just didn't really grab me as a, a great story or something. I want to keep reading if, if yeah, I'm I, saying, I like the idea it's not a strong first issue to jump yeah, out on yeah, you know yeah i don't know it jump was okay. on it yeah jump on it. i give it a 6.5 out of 10 i would have given it a 6.5 as well all right well, that is probably like the first time we've agreed for something I for a while so, now because i think we're gonna uh, disagree the next book oh shit yeah constantine the hellblazer number two written by ming doyle and james tyne in the fourth
art by Riley Rosmo and Ivan Placencia. God, I hope that's how you say it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Will something out there, well, I'm sorry, was something out there killing his ghost, Constantine is forced to search the city of New York for thin spots in reality to gather power and gather other ghosts that he can use as bait. After an excellent first, I'm sorry, after an excellent issue where the writer verbally said, I have no idea what I wrote at this point. I can tell. I think I had a stroke. After an excellent issue where the writers verbally seduced us with the tales of the back alley supernatural going-ons, Constantine finally gathers what he thinks is enough power to take on the threat, but boy was he wrong. A monstrosity came out of nowhere and ended up killing Gaz, and Constantine hit the first flight home to get some reinforcements. Why would why would you think... I know, it's fucking... That was, a, terrible. A, that was a, a goddamn Why train would you wreck. go to get uh, reading lessons? Uh, I'm legally gla- blind. Try to get those here. glasses on straight. Even if they're on straight, it ain't going to help shit you know it. I know. Um, I'm really, after bitching for how many months about I was not, I, how much, what this, I can't even talk now. Raleigh, shit. Rossimo's art. The, not even that. It's just that I like the other Constantine and then yeah. they're going to rebrand it. I didn't like the art after bitching. This ish, this series has become one of my favorites. Really? Yeah. Um, I like Constantine as a character in this. This issue I was not a huge fan of. Only because uh, it's a lot of setup. Yeah, I'm saying lot. not a lot goes on in this issue. It's a lot and of talking. It, and that's what I really yeah, liked about I know. It, it was good character moments. The only thing that made me laugh is at the very beginning, Gaz tells him what to do. And then we get a whole issue and now he's going to have to do <laughs> what poor Gaz told him to do at the beginning. Yeah, Gaz really got Gaz, fucked over. Uh, yeah, Gaz I, got really fucked over on this. Uh, the funny thing is, I think that in the end, uh, Constantine got fucked over more. Because that's about his, uh, that's his only friend, that's like his only thing he has is Gaz. Gaz. Is erased from reality. I think Gaz got I'm, fucked up. No, I'm before. saying though, though Gaz is gone. He's not, he doesn't know. He's erased from reality. Constantine. It actually seems like finally he's done something that he's not very proud of. Like he's like, I really fucked up this time, and I like that. I like that, and I liked having Gaz. I hope Gaz comes back. I think I, he will. Well, I like their interaction. I think so that I know. is it's my, my favorite, favorite part, of the, part of the book. Yeah. And except, you know what? It's not my favorite. I love the art. So do and I. I, I can't I believe how much I like it. it. I thought I was going to hate it, and it's so good. And for some reason, I don't know if it's because the writing is so good that the characterization is, is there, and then the art just adds to that. I, I don't know, because the whole the book is great. The, the writing just, is so strong, man. Um the majority of this book, we have Constantine just walking around New York. Yeah. And when we finally get to the bad guy at the end, it's so brief and so short. Yeah, it is. And I don't care at all. Normally, I hate like to get all built up like that and don't have a climax. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm married. Um, <laughs> but no, I could have spent hours with Constantine walking around and him just narrating the backstories of all the places he'd gone because it was That's... really interesting. Well, the problem is I think I did. <laughs> it was taking me a while to get through it. There was a lot. There was a lot of exposition. I know. I did like it. I liked a lot of little scenes in there. I think that there could have been a little more action, um, but it's leading to something big. And again, that's what this book is about. It's about character. Yeah. Um, and I just. I don't know. It just. Maybe it was just this afternoon. I read it this afternoon, and it, it kind of. It was dragging a bit on me, but I liked the individual parts if this was something it I, really I was, compelled me man it grabbed a hold of me if this was something that i wasn't trying to get done for the podcast right. to write notes about and stuff i bet you i would have liked it even more 
But yeah, I even I mentioned it earlier about uh, the guy in the book where he's writing that book. Yeah, and the uh, Shea House. Yeah, the Shea House. I laughed the Shea House. Um, but even I really, spelling. I know, I really like the way that he even like he wrote a three thousand page book and didn't even remember writing it, and he he had drawings in it, and he was never an artist. It was crazy. Um, but and again, then his friends read it and went mad. <laughs> and what made me laugh is uh, Constantine's talking about that. And he's like, "Yeah, that's a cool story. I tell at bars sometime." <laughs> and freaking even like backstory with uh, Gaz, where he's telling him that Constantine got him freaking venereal diseases at one point, which made me laugh. There was a lot of crazy stuff in there. But it was all fun and it was yeah, all it was. interesting. Yeah, I, I wanted to know more. Like I said, for the second issue, I was expecting a little bit more action and a little more. Uh, story progression, but again, like I said at the beginning, it starts off. They say, "What's the guy's name?" In uh, is it George? Georgie? Georgie? Yeah, uh, yeah. Gaz Hiya, in the beginning. Georgie. Gaz in the beginning's like, you know what? We got to do. You got to go get to Georgie. I'm not doing that. You know that. And does all this stuff, and then at the end, Gaz is gone. Race I'm going reality. to see Georgie. I'm going to go see Georgie. Like you son of a bitch, Constantine. But again, it's a fine line. I forget what book we were talking about last week. Oh, it was Midnighter. Right. They're Constantine as a character is a great, like a tightrope walk where he is a dick. Yeah. But he seems like somebody that, like, if you hang out with him, you're going to die. Uh-huh. For some reason, you still want to hang out with him, though. God, that's it's seductive weird. quality. He does. And, he, like, he's fun stuff happens and <laughs> things like that. Um, like Midnighter, I said last week, he's just a dick. I don't want any parts of him. He's going to take you to awful places where he wants to beat up people. I don't know. Constantine I, is going to use you. He's going to abuse you. He's going to get you killed or whatever. But for some reason, he... Maybe get you addicted to heroin, too. Especially in this book. Next thing, you have a meth lab, and, and you're freaking going to an Axl Rose concert. But <laughs> the, the, you still like him, though. And it, it's weird. I, I can't get a grip on it, but I do. I like this character especially in this book i like this constantine a lot more than the previous run so do i and i really like that one especially the earth 2 stuff because then that's when uh ray fox started getting really personal and telling those yeah. personal type stories like they're doing here yeah yeah um, I, i'm about to read something to you i want you to tell me if this makes sense i'm is, gonna just read is it, it I, a I, love I, poem no 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 <laughs> roses are red I, I violets this, are blue i wrote this down i'm gonna read it verbatim because i don't even know if it makes sense okay. all right you tell me. It really feels like the series is going to be based on a walking narrative because in both this and the first issue, we have exposition with a wide panel where Constantine is just walking, and they're both very similar. I don't know what this means, but I figure I'd say something about it to point it out. I just know that I like it. This is for your I podcast, or was that in the review? No, this is for the podcast. Okay, I, I was going to say, down. what are you, trying to push your goddamn reviews on no, me here? No, no, no. It is true. It's, it, like, it's just again, something I thought about when I was doing the write-up is that we had it, the same like narrative because in the first one we had that walking narrative through the well, freaking – again, it uh, reminds me of those walking um, – the walking tours, the walking right. tour books or whatever that you, you And we're walking on, and you, we're walking. You, yeah, they have them now where you get like MP3s and then you walk to the – you know, and they tell you things on the MP3s right. and stuff like that. But yeah, that seems to be. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I, I, he's going back to England now, and I'm sure he's going to walk around London and annoy me with his talking. Hey, I Jim. say annoy me. It didn't annoy me. It just, it really, to me, it, it started dragging a bit. I just was like, come on, man, pick it up and something. And then when, when the shit did go down at the end, like you said, you only saw the, the villain, the, the demon, for a couple seconds. But man, it was enough, and it made everything like, holy shit. And again, he's a dick. 
But he did. Seem- there was no, there was no real climax to that story because he gathered all this freaking bait for all these ghosts he gathered along the way. He's like, I'm gonna fuck these people. Oh, did- don't worry, y'all. You're gonna be safe. I got this lock sigil. You're, you're all right. See, and gas, it's- gas it's- is stuck in it. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing, they really push through the issue that somebody's dying. One of these ghosts is like, man, you, you don't want to die a second time, and it's the worst thing. He keeps saying it. I thought it was all those people, and then Gaz would be there to freaking say, oh, I told you, you bunch of bullshit. Nope, Gaz went down. I was really upset. So was I. Uh, and two issues. I really like them. I lo- like I said, I love the dialogue between the two. I thought it was great. Yeah, they're and, old friends. It makes yeah, sense. And I hope something else happens, because if it's just him walking around all the time without Gaz, I, I might, it loses a bit. I'm saying that's why I like Darlene in the book because I wanted how to be able to talk to somebody in Green yeah. Lantern. It's like everything I wanted. Exactly. Um, like Alfred, uh, and Alfred AI and Batman yep. Beyond. And um, what's her name? Maylene or whatever her name was in Midnighter. What was her name? Oh, fuck. Marina. Marina. Marina in Midnighter. You don't want just a hero walking around talking to himself. You need somebody for him to bounce ideas off of and have a different uh, you know, opinion and different point of view that gets things a little mixed up. And it, what's great in this, Constantine, is that Gaz had that ab- He's definitely isn't on board with anything that Constantine does and was always no, good. No, he to, knows him. <laughs> and it was great because it was always like, it wasn't just like, I don't think you should do that, Constantine. It's, hey, remember those three girls with the tattoos on their necks? Uh, my piss was burning for three months. It's, it's great <laughs> stories like that. Whew-wee. I'm trying to think of that one he said. He's like, do you remember those, uh, those, uh, Fairies or something, you fed them whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm telling you, everything that Constantine cannot bullshit gas. So I, I hope he's back. I hope he's back soon. I, I hope that he does something, but I don't know. They're really pushing like he's not coming back. I think he'll come back because there was one part of the story where he, Constantine's talking about how it's – you. It should be impossible for ghosts yeah, yeah, to die. Yeah, yeah. But that's the problem with the supernatural. There are so many things we don't know. Yeah. So since we don't know that this should happen, they, maybe they can come back as well. And that's what I'm hoping on at least. Maybe. Uh, what'd you give it? Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten? Yeah. What'd you give Omega Man last week? You said a four? Four. That is ridiculous. This you book think this is book so is so much better than Omega? I mean, oh, I know you're right. This Omega book Man is, is so much better than Omega Man. Um, I probably would have given it a seven five. I'm like Mr. Seven Five. Only because it's a lot of setup. Um, now that you talked about it, usually the podcast is for me to decide I hate books more. I actually might even change that to an eight. While I was yeah. writing this notes up, and I, I did like it. It's just it took me a while to read. I, I don't read very. I fast. wish it would have taken me longer to read. I got so engrossed in the story. Reading is fundamental, Eric. <laughs> That's what they tell me. Thank. I forget there was another. And then uh, I'm like, I can't see. God there, damn it! There was a United Way commercial. I can't remember. Like. Thank you for I don't want to offend people even more. It was the worst commercial. I know Reggie knows what I'm talking about. Oh goodness. And you know what you know what's gonna offend me and you both? This next, next book. book. Yeah. Go with it, Eric. Go. Earth Two Society number two, written by Daniel H. Wilson and art by Jorge Jimenez, John Roch, and Andrew Dollhouse. We love Andrew Dollhouse. We do love Andrew Dollhouse. I still love Andrew Dollhouse. I got that world's end feeling in my mouth again. I really wish you would have asked me first. Yeah, yeah. We head back to Earth 2 to get a bunch of inconsistencies and to get further educated on how Terry Sloan is a big bag of dicks. Mm-hmm. While you'd go into this book thinking it might explore the world further, instead it reminds you of things that we saw in the last issue and then completely changes the landscape as Terry Sloan activates the Source Vault to remake the world to supposedly make it just like the former Earth 2. And that's my entire write-up for this bitch. I, um, 
Yeah, I, I'm telling you, if if there was ever a book that I want to, we I read, you, we both read our books digitally. Is there a possibility that I can uh, get the screen and wipe my ass with it and flush it down the toilet? Because I think you can, I, but I think it'd be angry afterwards. And uh, yeah, I, I think my kids would be upset because I'm using their computer right now as well. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the computer? It's got shit all over it, sticking out of the toilet. That's what you get, fuckos. Yeah, I'm like, that's what you Clean get for me, making me read Earth to Society. Remember, <laughs> buy American, you son of a bitches. Yeah, I hated this book. Well, I, we haven't had any Tommy John moments in this book. It's no. still rife with inconsistencies. Where is Tommy John? He, I have no idea. He's just hanging out somewhere. Uh, you did see uh, Flash uh, meet up with his mom. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't care about any of that because <laughs> it didn't do anything for the story. What did? Uh, like you, you said, know what did? things the one, changed a the little. The one and... thing that I asked for to be, we got uh, Grayson's spine shattered thing. Was yeah, they mentioned that. With. Yeah, Mr. Terrific built his, the built the Batman suit to be an exoskeleton, yep. all Mantis style. And he even had, yeah, it was, and he even Mantis had a good style, line. Jim. He had a good line where he's like, "Oh," and he's like, "I only hurt from the waist up." Yeah, like you got it there, buddy. Um, yeah, I, my after, notes are very, very thin on this book. I I'll got tell you, say, uh, uh, after Terry Sloan orders the spaceships to crash land, he moves his ship to the outside of Earth's orbit so that the Green Lantern can't go and get them. Mm-hmm. Even though at the end of Convergence, we saw him fly into space to get the ships in the first place. Yep. So right there. Fuck you to anybody who read Convergence, apparently. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you a little thing, too, where um, I know I'm not going to blame Andrew Dollhouse because we said we like him. No, no. He, that was they, the best part of the book was the No, cult. I'm saying they, they made a very big mistake of when uh, – Terry Sloan's talking. Why would they put it in a... Not that I thought it was Green Lantern, but in a book with Green Lantern... I thought the same thing. It, it's so stupid because at first you have him, but then it goes back to it, and I actually thought at first, what's going on? What, what's who, he's, he's talking because they're showing him, yeah. but then it pulls around that you realize it's not him because then it ends up with him going, Green Lantern, Guardian of the Plenum. What? What is he talking to himself in <laughs> like, yeah, Green Lantern's going to get shit done now. But Alan, why are you talking like that? I don't know why they did that. I don't know who told him to do that. I think that it was a mistake that he was told to do that, and it was, it was a mistake. You, can't yeah. have, you cannot have the Green Lantern on the page and have a, a exposition green in green. Yeah. I don't care if you say, well, when they do that, they put the symbol. No, I don't care. You can't do that. You can't. And Some it, dummies like us might be reading. It threw me off a bit until then, and then I had to go back. And again, you make me read two pages again in this book? <laughs> oh, my God. I did like Jimmy Olsen, a boy god. Like, what is this? Oh, no, I got another inconsistency here. Okay. Now, I, I might be wrong here because I didn't fact check this because, you know, research. Yeah. Uh, but Wesley Dodds's Sandman are front and center in this issue, and I yes. could have sworn they died. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I again, uh some of this stuff it just goes in one ear out the other with this. Like there's the Sandman. They're, they're okay. Um Where the hell were they in World's End? I don't know. A lot, there's a couple things in this that just it's just stupid. All right, I got something else for you. Yeah. Why the hell does Terry Sloan take a year to enact his source vault plan? I don't know. And then he gets we, there and I, I'm he, saying we keep jumping back and forth between now and a year ago. Yeah. And it's all about the source vault. A year ago, after the ships crashed, he went and had the Sandman grab the source vault for him. Now mm-hmm. we're a year later, and he's finally fucking enacting yeah, the plan. He puts it to the Genesis there. machine, and he's going to remake the world. But he wants to do it himself, so nobody tampers with it and gets it wrong. Who, does like, he, who do you think he's saying is the person who's trying to get to it? I don't know. 
That's I don't either. That's what P- I don't possibly understand. Possibly freaking uh, Jimmy Olsen? Well, and at points, even when they're like, oh, I'm going to send these in to crash land, and that's going to be... It just, to me, it just seemed like nonsense. It was. It just all seemed like nonsense. You know I really I liked last issue. So did I. You know what I want to see from this issue? What happened in that year span that we keep mess- missing, you know, I, because we keep jumping a year ago to now? Yeah, maybe we'll see that. But you know what I want from this? An end. I, I don't. I think when we were going through those book numbers, um, or I lo- Earth Two, d- this book did not sell well for a number one. I don't think it's going to last. I no. I give this book eight issues. I think that by issue it, four, it, people are going to be done. So I did like Dick Grayson's bat suit. I'll give I'm you that. Telling you, I'm telling you, I like it more and more. And I looked at it this time for that one uh, alternate cover. Yeah. And it's very reminiscent of a reimagined Dick Grayson like costume, the Robin costume in Earth Two. Yeah, it's yeah. really reminiscent of that, and I really dig that with the yellows in there. Yeah, I, I liked it. I like you said, I liked the explanation. At least they gave that shout out. But I don't know what happened. Last issue we really liked, and I thought it was setting up a really cool story. And it, then you get <laughs> another issue of setup that ruins everything. And yeah, we're revisiting the crash ships, even though we just saw that. And, and then we even revisit Batman screwing up catching Terry Sloan. Um, I like too that at the end he releases the um, the vault, right? Yeah, the Genesis then, machine activates and, with the vault. And then Dick's like, "This should be fun." <laughs> Do yeah, you remember you're a bit that of a part? Dick, Dick. I'm like, "What? What is he talking about?" I was like, I wish this was fun because last issue was. This isn't. I don't know. It's now, just... I want to know what you thought here. All right, you ready for the shit? Yeah. Now, Terry Sloan had this, uh, this source fault, and he wanted to make sure that nobody tampered with it because he wanted to make sure it was done right. Mm-hmm. When he activated it and those giant black pillars came out of the ground, was that the machine activating, or is this what he thought Earth 2 was supposed to look like? I don't know. These black pillars coming out of the ground. I think it was activating. Okay. I hope it's activating, but it's, like, that's the actual thing going, but yeah, it looks ridiculous. And also, it really seemed like his main issue was, they're like, oh my god, we got our world back. Those, those alien uh, animals. Where does animals come from? I don't know. Because and he said that, the, but that seemed to be his only issue. Like the whole those. planet was supposed to be purged at the end of uh, convergence, yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then and Telos then Telos moved it, and they uh, put the green there. Put the green, and yeah, there shouldn't be there shouldn't be animals. But no. then he says that, and uh, any animals that are there at that point, well, no, that was at the beginning, so there should be nothing. I was going to say the only animals that would be there were the ones they had grabbed before. They wouldn't be alien no, animals. Nothing. Even if there were, what the hell is his problem? I don't know. Why is he an animal racist, Eric? He doesn't like those alien animals. He's like that's, that's a xenophobe. A, that's not a cow. That's a can or something. They call it something different. I don't know. It's so stupid. Three out of ten. I was very disappointed with this. Yeah, I put that. I probably would have given it a four. Um, but again, I, I'm just being nice, and I didn't review it, so I'm just saying off the top of my head that it. I really fun. wanted to like this book. I wanted to get back to the like the like the beginning of the Earth Two title. Where yeah. I'm talking my favorite book. Yeah, it and was. then World's End came around, and actually, I can't even see that. Tom Taylor started it a little bit. I still liked a lot of Tom Taylor's bits. But you like James Robinson? The I best, did love right? James Robinson. Get him on stuff. the phone, Eric. All right, he's doing Airboy right now. Get him on the phone. Let's get him over here. Get back on this Earth Two bit. <laughs> Just wipe the shit out. He starts right up again. It's just yeah, get Tom over Taylor. Over I don't care. Tom Taylor was great too at first, and then like you said, he kind of got pushed into the world's end, and, and then, then left. He, and then he quit because he's like, "This story sucks." He knew the story was coming. He didn't want any parts of it. Yeah. Off he goes. I don't um, know why DC's trusting Daniel H. Wilson with these characters after everybody's complaints with the world's end. 
we we liked last issue. Uh, hopefully next month it'll get back to being good. Maybe this is just a means to an end. He has to throw this out for some sort of story down the line. I don't know. Gonna remake the world. I didn't like it. They they should have just landed on this goddamn planet and remade the world right then. You don't have to. The remaking this world doesn't have to be a big freaking catastrophe story. Just do it. And then shanty towns. And then freaking have issues. Have some people attack. I don't know. I want, to see Power Girl done up like, I want to see Power Girl done up like Tina Turner and Beyond Thunderdome. She run bar to town, bitches. She don't need no other heroes, Eric. <laughs> All right, so we're done with her too, and now we're on to our... Flash reviews, and as I say every time we do this, if you want to see full-out reviews of these and any book that we talk about, including that awful book, Art 2 Society, you can go to our website, which is weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com. That's what it is, right? So what I'm used is. to Reggie writing it out. So now <laughs> I'm thinking of it. It's messing me up in my head. But yeah, go to our site where you can read other reviews. But uh, I'm going to start off with this Flash review. Flash New Suicide Squad number 10. I didn't review this issue, so this is off of what I just read this afternoon. But I've not reviewed this issue yet, but I can tell you that it's not as good as last issue. Sean Ryan shows us a little more of the ISIS-like group that Boomerang, Deadshot, and Black Man have infiltrated. Doesn't look like much fun, which really upsets Boomerang. Meanwhile, Harley, Parasite, and Reverse Flash have shown up in the desert and are doing the worst job of hiding I've ever seen. We also see that Amanda Waller does not trust Vic Sage, and Black Manta may be enjoying his undercover job too much. The issue ends with Boomerang trying to make some children smile, and Black Manta oh. sentencing him to death because of it. I love the art team. Oh, I love the team and art by Philip Baranis was really good, but this issue was pure setup. 7.5 out of 10. I will tell you, though, that... Um, Boomerang references Loverboy in this. Excellent. Because he says there's, it's the weekend's coming up. These kids are all, they're like slave drivers with these kids. They have to learn. They're going to learn about this ISIS type group. So they're studying stuff. And Boomerang, he's a fun guy. He's like, what about the weekend? And the one guy goes, weekend? What's a weekend? You know what we're all working to. <laughs> and the guy just shakes his head. You know what the lead singer Loverboy has? He has a headband there. Sure does. Yep. What's the next book? Starfire number two. Starfire battles a hurricane in this issue. Well, she saves people from a hurricane, and that's about it. No real character development other than us finding out that the sheriff's brother is stubborn and that a monster was released during the storm, which only ran away here. Star Starfire still comes off as a naive, oh, as naive as her Teen Titans Go counterpart, and at this point, I'm not having a lot of fun reading it. 5.5 out of 10. Ooh. My next one is Injustice, year four, number 10. Brian Bucciolato finally gives me what I wanted in this year of the gods. Some action. We get a battle royale, which includes Hermes fighting Flash, which is awesome. And we finally get an issue that feels like the good old days. Then we are hit by an awesome cliffhanger that promises an even bigger and badder god auction next week. <laughs> I like the story, and I love Zermonico's art, and finally have a year story I can recommend. 7.5 out of 10. My next one is Catwoman number 42. I've been a huge supporter of Genevieve Valentine's run on Catwoman. By the way, I like this issue. She did not retweet it, Eric. And while <laughs> this issue was a lot of setup, I still enjoyed it. We still get the whole Selena as crime boss story, but we also get some great Catwoman bits as well. The highlight is seeing both Selena and Aiko as Catwoman and Stephanie Brown back in town. Yeah. While Selena refuses to train her, Aiko steps up to the plate. She might even have a step up to the plate home run. 
God, I really you gotta like love those man. I really like David Messina's art in this book. And while this issue is heavy on the setup, I'm hoping it pays off soon. Eight out of ten. And the last flash review of the night is Batman Arkham Knight number twenty one. This is my book of the week, Eric. Oh. A digital book is the book of the week. The Suicide Squad is back and looking to take out Bruce Wayne. I could watch Harley Quinn, Deadshot, and Captain Boomerang yell at each other for an entire mission, but or an entire issue, but throw in some Arkham Knight action. Action. And I'm sold. This is the most we've seen of the Arkham Knight, and I'm really scared. The issue ends with the Suicide Squad face-to-face with Batman, about to live up to their team's name, which makes Harley so happy. The story by Peter Tomasi and the art of Victor Bogdanovich are top-notch, and I gave this issue a 9.7 out of 10. Yeah, you were telling me about it this morning, and it actually it sounds hilarious. Uh, it's so good. Harley's great. She keeps telling him, like, hey, we're the Suicide Squad. We've got to live up to our name. And Cap- Boomerang's like, no, you, no, you don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. It's, it's really good. No, you keep saying that. Um, what I said in my reviews, and I, I think I've even said it last week, once the game came out, uh, the Batman Arkham Knight, I was really worried that the book was just going to fall off the face of the earth. Um, Peter Tomasi has done a really good job because he has made the book more about these other characters and these backstories that are so different from the game, as far as I know I didn't play it. But it's still leading up to the game. I really thought this book was done. And it's it's still selling good. Uh, that first issue, that collected issue, freaking knocked the socks off of everyone. It was like 100,000 sales. Uh, now it's down to about 25, I think I saw. Oh, shit. But it, that's good for a digital book. Yeah. Uh, the other ones, I'm telling you, some of these other ones, including that uh, Infinite Crisis book, <laughs> that's still coming out in print. I think that sold 4,000 copies last month, the one. Um, but yeah, it's really good. And Peter J. Tomasi is another guy. I tweet him. I give the book a 970. He doesn't retweet us. People hate us. I don't understand it. We're such nice guys, Eric. Yeah. Just earlier in the podcast, I told you how I love people's misery. <laughs> I love other misery. I don't, I don't even mind my own misery. My life, I think in general, I have to have a conflict and just misery around me. So I make it my own. Somebody will come by, one of the bosses at work will come by and go, hey, guys, look like you're having a great day. And they'll walk away, and I'll convince myself that that was a, an insult to me. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm out of the box factory here. I got to calm you down because you're a little Hulk. I, I get upset, and I, I really get upset if somebody talks to you and they don't talk to me. And you have to laugh that there's times when some of the, like the bosses will talk to you, and I'm halfway across the <laughs> Just staring you down. And you, half the time you can't even see me. I can't me. see shit. But if I'm close enough, I'm like looking at you, especially if they're not facing me and I'm giving you dirty looks and shit. Immediately when they walk away, I look in your direction because I, yeah. I can feel your eyes in the oh, back yeah. of my neck. I'm just shaking my head. Why are they talking to you? Then you start making up lies to get me mad. You know what else gets me mad? Dan's Geek News, Eric. No, it doesn't. You I love know it. No, it doesn't. I laugh at it. And, uh, you, are you going to edit in some sound effects again this week? Yes, I am. Now, last week I mentioned I, to you, I was listening to the podcast, and the news had a lot of crickets. And I mean, to the point where it was uh, a little over the top. Yeah. Uh, I want you to do that again. It made oh, me I laugh. Did. It really <laughs> did make me laugh. Um, and I also thought, oh, when Dan hears this, ooh, the shit's going to hit the fan. Never going to happen. The shit's going to hit the Dan, as we say. Uh, yeah, he does not listen. He doesn't even know that we shoved the news to the back end, does he? I don't think he know. I don't even think he's ever listened. No. All the mail, bad mouthing him. He doesn't care. Maybe that's the way I should do it. At the Maybe. box factory, somebody says something to me, I freaking earplugs in. 
half the time I have my, my earphones and I'm, I don't have anything playing. I just don't want to talk to people. <laughs> I hate those people. I hate everyone. I hate you. I hate... I like you. I don't you. know. Who else? Who else can I hate? I hate the Roto-Rooter man. What did he uh, ever do to you? He's a jerk. I think he clogs up the toilets so that he can come and unclog them. I hate Mr. Clean. You think he sneaks in? I hate Mr. Clean, that bald motherfucker. Yeah, I think he does. Uh, the Roto Rooter man, he sneaks in. Him and the Maytag man. That guy comes in and he messes with your freaking. That's who messed up my uh, refrigerator, I think. I think he's having sex with your wife. <sighs> Somebody's got to. <laughs> she's going to listen to that and kill me. <laughs> I am dead if, if we don't have the podcast next week. First, she's going to kill you for what you just insinuated. Oh, no. I don't it know. It was a Act- joke. Did you, was it the Maytag man or the Roto-Rooter man? I thought that. they were double-teaming her. They, double-teaming? <laughs> That's why none of my kids look like me. They all look like the Roto-Rooter. Is there even a Roto-Rooter man anymore? Is it, yeah. The Stanley Steamer guy comes by. He freaking pisses on my carpet, so I need to hire him. It's all a freaking, everything's a racket. Everybody's after something, Eric. They're all, what's, going they're on the, what's going on in the news? What? What, what are you talking about? The guy turns into a freaking dog? <laughs> Who's that guy again? James Frank? What's his name? James Franco? No idea. James Franco? Oh, my goodness. You know what? We forgot in the news that Joel wanted us to talk about what we thought of the pictures from last week of the characters in Batman versus Superman. I'm oh, is that what Joel thought? He should have emailed. He, he wanted, no, he says he's not emailing. He <laughs> might have even sent that on Tumblr. We would <laughs> never know. You don't allow it. Uh, what, just before Dan's news, since he's never going to talk DC stuff, what do you think of that, uh, what's his name, playing uh, Lex Luthor? I don't Jesse like Eisenberg. Actually, you know what? After seeing the trailer, he seems pretty cool, actually. Really? I heard in the trailer he comes off as a punk. Eh. Yeah. You like him, though, with that crazy, that's crazy hair for him. Yeah, it is. I no, I, I'll tell you, I liked everything I saw from that trailer. I don't like that guy. Watch the trailer. I will. I should have watched it. I don't like him because he made me lose a bet. Yeah, I know, because somebody bet you that... Uh, you I was said, at a bar, and we are talking about Michael Zombieland. Senior, right? Huh? You, it was Michael Senior. What, what's his Sarah. name? Michael Sarah. Sarah. Michael Sarah. I was swearing up Cena. and down that Michael Sarah was oh. in Zombieland. And then it's the only bet I've based on a movie that I've ever lost, and it's all freaking Jesse ever Eisenberg's lost. fault. We've bet like 17 times, and you lose every time. You're like, oh, I think that uh, Big came out in 2007. See, I would never say anything like that. Yeah, and, even always... if it, and even when you do lose, you just don't think about it and never pay up. Yeah. I Well, when me and you yell at each other about years and stuff like that of movies, and even if I go, because I'm the one who has the phone, and I'll look it up and I'll lie. Just to win, I know. Just to make you feel bad. And then I laugh. And then the bosses come, and then I get pissed. And then they're pissed because they just see you looking on at your phone. No, they probably look at me like, why is this guy always staring at us? <laughs> and then I'm the worst with small talk. So when they do talk, I say something ridiculous. Aye, aye, aye. But yeah, let's get to dance news. I'm going to listen to it after this, and that'll probably piss me off even more. I'm heading down to a dark place tonight. Jesus. Uh, take it away, Dan. I the razor blades. Oh, uh, yes. Take it away, Dan. Hello, Weird Science. Dan here coming at you with all of your latest geek news for the week. Last week, it was a pathetic week. I had trouble finding some good news. Fortunately, this week, there was quite a bit of geek news because this week is San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, unfortunately, I have been very busy with my day job, so I haven't even begun to be able to scratch the surface of everything that was announced. But there were a few pieces of news from Comic-Con that made it onto my radar. Uh, a few things that weren't a Comic-Con that made it onto my radar. Uh, but all in all, it was a much stronger week for news. Uh, first up... The two guys who did the Lego movie and 21 and 22 Jump Street 
it's been announced that they have a new movie that they're working on. And it is a Star Wars film that is going to be part of the anthology series. That's right, they have announced a Han Solo film. I'm sorry. They have announced a Han Solo solo film. That's right. Finally, we're going to get to see a movie starring Han Solo when he's younger. I'm not going to lie, I am kind of hoping they cast Aaron Paul in the role. I think he would probably make a fantastic Han Solo. Star Wars also released a new app for iOS this week. It is fantastic. It, uh, I believe it's on Android as well, but I know it's on iOS. It gives you uh, Star Wars news, Star Wars soundboards, Star Wars weather reports that are themed. Uh, but yeah, that that's fantastic. That's out. The app has three different themes. Rebels, Sith, Droids. I've been using the Rebels one, just because I think the green is kind of cool. Haven't had a chance to check out the droids yet. Unfortunately, the Sith one is just a little too red for my liking. Uh, but of course, Star Wars wasn't done at Comic-Con. There was also a film reel that was played. Uh, interviews with J.J. Abrams, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, etc. Uh, one of the highlights of the video was a behind-the-scenes image that finally gives us a new glance at Princess Leia. Because Carrie Fisher... Uh, she wasn't dressed up fancy or royally or anything. It looked like she was in a rebel bunker. But what I saw, I definitely approved of. I'm getting more and more excited for The Force Awakens as I get closer to it. I I will be attending the midnight premiere of this one, uh, whether my friends want to or not. Uh, I will be. Well, it's been announced that James Bond 007 is a new comic series being published by Dynamite Entertainment, and the series is being written by one of my favorite comic book writers, Warren Ellis, and Jason Masters will be providing art. Now, this is the first new 007 comic in 20 years. Uh, the description that was released says, quote, James Bond returns to London after a mission of vengeance in Helsinki to take up the workload of a fallen 00 agent, but something evil is moving through the back streets of the city and sinister plans are being laid for Bond in Berlin, end quote. Yeah, James Bond comic, that is definitely something I have wanted since I was a kid. Since I got my James Bond watch this year, now I want my James Bond comic. That's going to be launching later in 2015. This October, IDW is launching a new series called Back to the Future, Untold Tales, and Alternate Timelines. Uh, basically, each each issue is going to be two stories, one written by Eric Burnham, one written by John Barber. Burnham, of course, works on TMNT, and John Barber, who writes for Transformers. Uh, but this is going to be interesting. The first issue is going to have two stories. The first one is going to go back to 1982. It's going to show how Doc Brown and Marty McFly wound up meeting for the first time. While the second story is going to go back to the 1940s to show how Doc accidentally got mixed up in the Manhattan Project. Again, this is a comic I'm very excited for. And since this is a DC Comics podcast, it is only fitting that I cover some DC news that was announced this week. Uh, both of these are insanely exciting. Uh, the first one is an IDW and DC Comics crossover. Now, we already know that Green Lantern is crossing over with Star Trek, I want to say it is. Yeah, I think it's a Star Trek Green Lantern crossover, or Green Lantern Planet of the Apes, or fucking Green Lantern and Angry Birds, or... Shut that cunt's mouth or I'll come over there and fuck start her head! I forget, but Green Lantern is crossing over with somebody in IDW, and I'm really excited for that, and that's going to be cool. But at Comic-Con, it was announced that Batman will also be crossing over with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's right. 
James Tynion the fourth, who wrote Batman Eternal, is going to be writing, while Freddie E. Williams the second, who works on the Robin book, is going to be drawing, and it is going to be Batman and the Turtles. The Turtles get transported to Gotham by Krang and team up with Batman to fight villains. That is just, fuck you, shut up, and take my money. Uh, and also, before I touch on these last two pieces, there have been images released from the upcoming reboot of uh, Ghostbusters, the all-female reboot. Not entirely digging the costumes, but I'm not entirely hating them either. I'm kind of going to keep an open mind about the film at this point and see how it is once it finally does launch. Um, I, I think the film definitely has a lot of potential, but it needs to be handled very carefully because it is definitely coming off of a, a very beloved franchise. And I would hate to see it ruin said franchise. But DC Comics announced something that I never thought they were going to announce, but I'm glad they finally did. In 2016, we are going to be getting a new DC animated film, this time an adaptation of, drumroll please, The Killing Joke. Now, Mark Hamill has gone on the record many, 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 many times and said that he would unretire the character of the Joker if DC would do this film. Now, DC is doing it. So it's time for him to put his money where his mouth is and actually do this. Uh, casting hasn't been announced yet, but if they announce anybody but Mark Hamill for the Joker, and in all honesty, Kevin Conroy for Batman, I'm going to be pretty upset because I feel like that would be the perfect opportunity for the two of them to truly give their characters a final swan song. And finally, Apple is being investigated once again by the Federal Trade Commission. Oh, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Now, this isn't an official investigation yet. Right now, it is a preliminary investigation, but it is still an investigation nonetheless. Now, the FTC is looking to see if the 30% cut that Apple takes from music streaming services that sell their services through the App Store is legal. Uh, yeah, I, I, I briefly uh, talked about this a couple weeks ago where Spotify is more expensive if you sign up through the App Store because they actually charge you 30% more to make up for Apple's cut. But now people have to decide, do they really want to charge that extra 30% or do they want to take a price cut in order to compete with Apple Music's $9.99 a month price tag? Um, some of the other things DFTC is going to be looking into is going to include Apple's restrictions on the App Store. Right now, if you have an app that's available for another platform, you can't mention it. You can't say, hey, we're also on Android. You just need to say, hey, fuck you, we're Apple, we're iOS, yeah. Um, so this has been the Geek News. Of course, you guys can always check out my podcast. That's Betapod, B-E-T-A-P-O-D. Right now, the show has been on a bit of a hiatus. I only have enough free time left on my spot of on my SoundCloud account for one more episode. So I want to make it an episode that's going to count until I decide what is going to become of the podcast, where I'm going to host it, how I'm going to host it. Uh, because I, I got to figure out an option. I need to find a cheap but quality option. That's going to be a little challenging. As always, you can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Stransky. Check out my blog, 1138geekconfessions.wordpress.com. You can always find my DC and digital Vertigo reviews on Weird Science. And now I'm going to turn it back over to Jim and Eric. Remember to let your geek flag fly and have a great day, everybody. May the force be with you. Now it's time to say goodbye to Dora and the kids. Thank you, folks.
All right, now it's time to finish up this podcast, Eric, with regular reviews. Woo! We have one more book, and it was a good one. I don't know what you thought of it. I loved it. Uh, of the actual weekly or monthly books, this was my favorite issue. Um, and it is All-Star Section 8, number 2, written by Garth Ennis, art by John McCree and John Calise. I don't think there is any way for me to convince anybody one way or another about this quality of this book. You either like it or not, and I love it. When I read it, I f when I read it, I feel like a ten-year-old reading Mad Magazine again, and that's a good thing. If Garth Ennis just gave us a book with page after page of Bueno Excelente, I'd bueno. still love it. But watching Six Pack and the team try to recruit Hal Jordan and the team was even better. There's a disgusting history there, and Hal gets the hell out of Dodge before he can get raped, and I laugh the whole time. This is one of the reasons I'm so glad that we have the DCU. Yeah, I loved it. I laughed the whole time. So uh, did I again. This book is not going to change the world, and I don't care. I love it. That Actually, the only down part of this whole issue is the beginning with the origin story of Dogwelder. And the reason I actually why, thought that was the best part. No, I didn't uh, like it only because I'm a nothing, liar. I, I just was saying that. Nothing, nothing really happens. Uh, he becomes Dogwelder. He becomes Dogwelder. The best thing, though, is it ends right as he's about to weld a dog. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to see it. I, I don't understand that. You That's, sick fuck. I don't know what I understand less. Him welding a dog or a guy turning into one. They're both very odd to me. I really <laughs> like it, though. Um, I hope we get other origin stories, but I hope they're a little more uh, fun. This really wasn't that fun, and it was odd to me. Plus, the guy looked a little like Dog Welder. looks a little like um, Barack Obama before he turned into Dog Welder. Okay. Not that that's a bad thing. It just seems <laughs> odd. Uh, but then you get to the, the big part, or the main part, which is... Six-Pack and the gang just hanging out again, drinking. Six-Pack's drunk as hell. And the others are playing what appears to be like a Monopoly. While Bueno is having the time of his life. And bueno really, freaks me the fuck out. Bueno is always laughing. And I don't know if that's the weird thing is that laugh is so, no, it's so that, creepy. That the open chest and the drooling. Yeah, I was looking at now and he's got big nipples. Everything about him is disgusting. He's always drooling. And in this... Guts is sitting on his lap. <laughs> yeah, he. Do you think that Guts is getting plowed, or I, how do yeah. you know? Well, I'm looking. I was looking at Guts. I'm like, is that its heart on top? It's funny too because I'm looking at it now and I think the heart is on top. Well, the way Guts is actually holding cards, which I didn't really see the first time. Oh, I didn't see it. And if that gives you the thing, he's getting Guts is getting plowed up the rear. Okay, front. and. No, there's no rear. Well, it's just getting plowed in yeah, the gut yeah, somewhere. It, yeah, it's disgusting. It's so disgusting. And it's funny. They're like, uh, what's his name? I, I don't even remember uh, the Power drill. tool? Yeah, power tool. Power tool's like, come on, man. It's making, that's disgusting. I can't play like that. And all you get from Bueno Excelente is, hey, 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 <laughs> Excellent! <laughs> it's so good. And I'm telling you, it's hilarious though, but just in the worst way possible. Oh, it's the worst. And it's like uh, we're almost laughing at a rape. Yeah, it's, it's we terrible. are terrible. Except Guts seems to be into it. Yeah, I, Guts I seems to be. Yeah. And the other thing then is I don't even know if Guts knows what's going I on. I don't know because then the next panel, Bueno Excellente is just pointing at him with like this lecherous grin. So good. Then you have Bador, who's now going to start talking in lang other languages because he only says, my name's Bador, or I am Bador. Yeah. Now he's just going to say it in different languages. You have your man, the grappler, 
who you were hoping was just going to go around, and he does. He's, and in fact, he's introduced in this issue by just going, the grappler, the grappler. <laughs> I said, the grappler. He's all excited. Uh, and yeah, you don't get much. No. Uh, and I love, around I love talking. It. They're sitting around talking. They decide, nonsense. They decide they're going to join the Green Lantern Corps. That's Makes how sense to me. It. And they want to get Hal Jordan uh, to show up. So to do that, they're going to pretend they're part of the Green Corps. Lantern Corps. Doesn't work. So now they decide, hey, we need something else. We need something to get us going. So they grab, they, they get the idea. We need a star sapphire. We're going to have a battle. So then they get out the slutty vampire costume. And there. Makes sense. And right over the costume, you see the slutty vampire costume. And right over it is freaking Bueno Excelente. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing already. And then like, okay, who's going to be? He just points over to Guts. Guts yeah. is like his bitch. I know is guts. You think guts is a woman now? Guys, I actually was looking up. I was looking up because I was trying to figure out who uh, that mysterious person in the bathroom was. Yeah. So I was looking up a little Blano Excellente earlier. Okay. And I came out like the wiki page or whatever for section eight, and whoever wrote the wiki page says that. Uh, oh, they actually talk no, about I'm, this issue. I'm saying it's, it's no, not this issue. Oh, okay. Just say it's a Wikipedia. So who knows how fucking accurate it is? Uh, but well. they actually named guts as a uh, turned inside out woman. Oh, really? I was like, I don't know if you could just say that. Isn't that kind of fucked up just to say that Guts is a woman? That's weird. That's almost like a Gal Gardner. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to start an We need to start a fucking issue. I'm starting a Guts. I don't know. What could be uh, Guts is no sluts. I don't know. What would be the, the Hey, look, we know what slogan. Guts is on the inside. It's about what the outside counts. Hey, uh, yeah, really. Uh, but yeah, as you said, they're there. And it doesn't work. They Hal Jordan doesn't show up, so they're like, and of course the, not. Well, it, then, idiots on a roof Green Lantern t-shirts. Meantime, in the meantime, freaking six God, pack, six pack, six pack throws up all over Grappla, and it, it doesn't even seem that it seems like snot and throw up, and it's just disgusting. Grappler's there with throw up on him. The next scene is guts taking that slutty vampire costume off and out of nowhere <laughs> there is fucking bueno excellent his head over the stall in the bathroom. over and laughing again and it's just it's awful <laughs> and it makes me laugh so much i love it's him well. then somebody shows up and starts talking as if it's like a uh, medieval knight and Kinda, I I, i'm saying i don't know who it is i would have to say since we're in gotham that it's the cavalier uh, and it's funny, he even says, stay thy hand, Sir Bueno of Excellence. Yeah. And you see, and I don't even know that I can say that uh, that Bueno is upset. Oh, he looks terrified. But he, but he also just has that crazy grin. <laughs> it's so odd. Everything about him is disgusting. Uh, but yeah, maybe it's the Cavalier will be next. I don't know. I'm, that's just my wild-ass guess. And I in fact, know. the weird part is, is when it started off, I thought that that voice was actually going to say that he was going to rape Bueno Excelente. I thought he was going <laughs> to get his. Uh, so I then you'd be okay with it. Uh, he might, oh, he's disgusting. Then you go back uh, where you get uh, six-packs trying to get this money back. For the costumes that they roll, and then in the background there is Hal Jordan uh, fighting a Tyrannosaurus Rex with a uh, what's fish it called? Dome. A cybernetic arm and a fish dome helmet and a lightsaber. <laughs> and this is all going on. He doesn't see anything. Then he goes out and he sees uh, Hal Jordan's there. No, the, you're missing something. Okay, why? Well, Since the guy won't at well, the costume yeah, shop yeah. won't ret- like take the um, the costumes back and return his money. Six pack goes out and decides to call up Homeland Security because this guy happens to <laughs> yeah, be because, like for it. I forgot about that. He goes to call Homeland Security. I got somebody for you, yeah. and then he sees the Green Lantern and the T Rex. Yes. He oh sees shit! The T Rex is dead. 
Uh, you got Six Hal, pack, you were a piece you got of Hal shit. Jordan there, and he's getting an interview. Six pack runs over. Hal Jordan recognizes him immediately and knows <laughs> no, because no, no. I said the old story is that Bueno Excelente date raped Kyle Rayner. He gave him a roofie, he passed out, and he screwed him. Yeah. And so Hal recognizes that right away, actually calls out. He's like, I'm not some rookie like Rainer. I know my rights. There's rules about this kind of thing. You should be ashamed. Hails a taxi and then actually yells that he's going to get his lawyer on him. No, see, I think you're missing a part here. What's I that? actually had to go back and look at this because it didn't ring right to me when I was originally reading it from what you told me. I think uh, Hal Jordan in this part thinks he's being punked by the interviewer. Oh really? Like you know, he, he's supposed to be getting. She's supposed to be getting an interview with Hal, and then Six Pack pulls a Mari, and it comes out. You know, like, oh, you don't know we have Six Pack back here. No, no, no. I know I don't my know. rights. I don't know because, because at I'm the one point he it. starts talking to us like we're the camera. Well, I see. Uh, he's just talking. He's like, oh, I'm there. And then right as before, he's still getting interviewed, and uh, Six Pack's running up, and he sees him. He goes, "My God!" And then he's like, "No, no, 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 no." I know who you are. I know what this is, and it's not exactly. happening to me. It's a punk, I think. Now, I actually think he knows that, uh, that yeah, he is talking into the uh, thing. Maybe that is it. Maybe he thinks he's being punked. It's weird, though. I took it that he is saying that he does he's not, not want to be raped. gang raped. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but then maybe you're right. Maybe he thinks he's being punked and because I, of that. Like, I mean, and the, the rape... reporter says, what about my interview? I'm going to call my lawyer. Yeah. Well, the rape part is definitely what they're, they're oh, definitely. making fun of still. But yeah, maybe that is. If I can't, oh, yeah. He said, if I can't hold, if I can't keep hold of my own damn dignity. And what about, you know, yeah, it's weird because they throw in, because she's like, what about the interview? And then Six Pack starts saying, and what about me? You haven't heard the last of this. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Either way. That's the way I took it. I wanted to talk to you about it because um, that's the way I took it. I I think he thought he was being punked. Like, he, he, like, signed on for an interview, and all of a sudden, oh, we have a special guest. Come on out, Six Pack. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that makes sense with the uh, rights and rules. But still, that's a weird thing. Uh, you, You get punked. You're not, you can't sue people. I don't, I don't know. know. Talk to Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, I don't think people are suing. What you do is you say, I don't allow this to be on TV, and then they can't put you on TV. That's what you do. Love this issue. Yeah, I did too. I um, I gave an 8.5 out of 10. I would um, give the same. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. I love the art. I love everything about it. I really do. And uh, next issue, it does say the chances of anything coming from Mars. So yes. I'm assuming it's Martian Manhunter, which um, in the book so far... I'm actually not that I, – I think that they missed out. If, if it is Martian Manhunter, I don't know. You I, just don't like Martian Manhunter. I don't. But, again, you, you have six issues. Now, what? imagine a freaking ex, uh, Bueno, if he, like, pulls out of whatever he's going to happen to him. He sees a shape-shifting oh, yeah, green yeah. Martian. I know. That's what I, I was thinking <laughs> of that right away. But I was actually thinking of, like, uh, what he would do with Wonder Woman, uh, possibly something like a Star Girl. Right, something crazy oh, like Jesus like Christ. if they ran into the Teen Titans, um, crazy stuff. Uh, Gotham Academy with maps, Eric. Oh my God, you're getting really dark here. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. But no, um, one of my I want before we move out of this. One of my favorite parts though is that when they're doing the reenactment, or not reenactment, but they're doing the play like the Green Lanterns are fighting the Star Sapphire. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, "Hold on, hold on," and the grappler's like, "How about I shoot a grappling hook over here, swing around, and swing back." Grappler. <laughs> he just wants something to do with his grappling gun. I could to, not stop laughing. He just wants to do. And you, you made the call that you like grappler right away. I, I'm telling you, from the minute I read that that sneak peek and everything, Bueno, excellent. 
He's the best. He is such a piece of crap. Holy moly. I say that it ends with him dying. The, this well, it's how the last one ended with everybody else dying yeah. besides a six-pack and him. Yeah, yeah. He is. I, I hope it is the Cavalier. It would be funny. Or you never know. Maybe it's a woman. Out of, yeah, or that or Shining Knight comes out of nowhere and wants to fuck guts. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't uh, even know I why don't... Cavalier would want to fuck guts. I know. I, I just think that it's like a um, you have besmirched the, the woman's dignity. And that's the honor of the lady, and that's what because he definitely has. Honestly, uh, we're joking earlier about this. This could honestly be if Dan Abnett's writing the like the Infinite Crisis. This could be Batman. Yeah, for the way Dan Abnett wrote that book. For <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, he had no idea. Oh, that'd be funny if that was. He's just a hey, <laughs> just laughing. Uh, somehow he'd start yelling about his mom and dad. The guy can't get over it. Eric. Our dads are both dead. You don't you don't hear us crying about it. Jesus Christ. All right, that's the podcast. That's it. GTM action. Boom. Done. Done, done, and done. You know what GTM is? No. Guts to mouth. Oh, guts to mouth. He had more guts to waste. (laughs) I don't know what he was doing while they were sitting there, but you know what we have next week? I know what he was doing. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. It was like the Roto-Rooter, man. Next week we have... uh, Bunch of books. Bunch of books on the shelf Bunch there. of books. I'm not so sure I'd like this week, next week. Uh, we have Superman Wonder Woman number 19, which will continue the truth story. All right. Which is a bomb, and I, I didn't <laughs> even get to talk too much about that, that I think this story is way off the rails, and it, it just, every book stinks. What do you think of that? Uh, I like action comics. Yeah, I don't. Secret Six number four. I'm looking oh, forward to that. Good, yeah. That was a really good last issue. Martian Manhunter number two, which I'm interested in because I hope it rebounds. I really like that sneak peek. I did not like that first issue. Mr. That Biscuits. Much. Mr. Biscuits. Uh, Jiminy Cricket. Fears. Jiminy Cricket. Robin, son of Batman number two. I'm. Eh, yeah. So so. I'll yeah. see where it goes. Yeah. Justice League 42 continues the Dark Side War. You looking of forward course, to that yeah, one? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. We have Harley Quinn eight number eighteen, which is the Gang of Harleys, which seems like it's gone on for six years already. Oh god, I'm yeah. Tired of- uh, again, I really like Harley, but uh, the last issue uh, number seventeen was not my favorite. And would I'm you tired. say it was lukewarm? It was lukewarm. Yes, isn't that an actor uh, that has a sure famous brother? Green Lantern: The Lost Army number two. Hopefully, something goes on in that book. Yeah, I, I just want. We something. got the Christmas Lantern though. Uh, yeah, Doom number two. I'm, I'm looking forward to I'm it. I'm looking forward to that, though. I saw the preview. You haven't looked at the preview. Yet, no, I haven't. It? Very odd. We'll see. Looks like it's supposed to be the origin of the die. It seemed weird. About um, to, I'm saying we, we need one. Come on. Yeah. No, no, this this is different. You have to look at the preview. It, it right. looks a little off, but again, it was only three pages, so maybe that's not all of it, but it had a different style to it. Very cartoony. Uh, Dr. Fate number two, we might have some dogs and cats and rain and Anubis. I, I, don't, I don't think I want to read it. <laughs> hoodies and jeans and, and med school. We got Black Canary number two, which I'm really looking forward to. I actually like that first issue, so I'm looking forward to it as well. And that's all I've written. So that's, that's all the main books. Of the okay. Series. Yeah, <laughs> not a lot, was there? No. I think I have two books to review, and I'll still not get them done. Uh, on the site, I still have to do Lobo. Or not, yeah. Did I, did I do Lobo yet from a couple weeks ago? Didn't no. do that yet. You didn't do Sinestro yet. Nope. Uh, we'll have, um, also, I have to do New Suicide Squad. i got to actually do my review. You have a couple to do as well, right? Starfire and Green Lantern Star Trek. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you're doing the Green Lantern Star Trek. I will be doing and trying to catch up of all those um, 
Gods and Monsters. I'm, or yeah, Gods and Monsters, the Justice League book uh, by Jam DeMatteis. De I'm I'm way behind now. I told you this would happen. Once you get behind a little now, I think I'm six issues behind. Goddamn daily book. Oh, it's ridiculous. But yeah, it's really good. But it's it's tough for me to just keep going and going. And then the regular books come out and then I'm done. I have a sensation comics I want to get around to doing. But besides that, you can just come to our site, listen to the podcast. Uh, if you're on iTunes and Stitcher, I could beg you to leave some reviews or anything like that. But it, uh, I'm talking to deaf ears, Eric. I was going to say, hey... Look Death forward to Puppet Master ears. 2 review on Monday. Yeah, you're going to have your Puppet Master 2. And we'll probably, you know, and also I'll give you a shout out. If anybody comments on the site, if you ever read the reviews and comment, we always try to get back. So, you know, you can give a little dialogue. Tell Eric he's an idiot. He already knows it, but he likes to hear it. He I don't like it. to hear he it. He loves that stuff. I don't like he's, it. He's got the fears. I got the fears. He's got the fears. But, yeah, that's about it. We ran a little long tonight, I think, because of all that comic-con news all that crap Whew, what do we say at the end eric everybody have a great week and we'll see you in seven see you in maybe five. Oh shit now we'll see you in seven. Oh, all right see ya see ya this is the story of the element man metamorpho metamorpho starts out in old egypt land